0: Bonzo. Hey, I'm trying to stay sober before this, and
1: then in our entire 30, 40 minutes pre prep, I'm ripping bong hits the whole time. I know. By the end you of the look show. I'm so right now.
2: Yeah. Who do we have to? Are we going to talk about that now? You want to fucking. Let's get into the cup story first, right? Because we never finished that from the first episode that I love weed cup. It's our, uh, it's even
1: part of our logo. Yeah, yeah. The I love weed cup. So that's what got uh, I, I'm a Marth's dude. Beat up.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> on well, stage, basically, right, right before the show, right? Was, that was a gift from JB, right? One of our truck drivers. You know what I mean? It was a gift. So, oh, I didn't realize he had check,
1: gotten that for you.
2: Yeah. There you go. There's the cup, right? So, um, it's the middle of the line check, right? And I'm like setting up, a, and someone, I think our, our rigger or something, was like, hey, like, check it out. And I looked over in Guitar World, and sure as shit, I see that dude with that cup. Take up like this, taking a selfie with it, right? So I'm like, all right, dude, walk over and then what the fuck you guys doing here? Blah, blah, blah. Well, and know?
1: line check is the 15 minutes before the band goes on, right?
2: Like, half hour. It's, it's usually yeah. half hour, but we, are, we yeah. have 15 minutes because it takes about 10, 15 minutes to get the, the last band off, right? Yep. So, um, yep, we're pretty much, you know, I'm like putting out picks, taping out a set lists at that point, ready check my Make guitars. It, I think.
1: Yeah, making sure guitars are, yeah, I was still yeah, checking. Everything guitars. works, you know what I mean? Just yep.
2: monitors and all that, right? So, um, yeah, so I grab him. I'm like, yo, what the fuck are you doing here? And it's him and his buddy. And at one point, he just goes like, it's cool. It's cool. I know the band. It's all right. I'm like, nah, dude, it, it ain't all right, you know? So I kind of move him like in the middle. This is happening in Guitar World, right? Like Kabuki's down. You the audience can see what the fuck's going on. And uh, at one point, I kind of grab him in front of the bass rig. And, you know, he's resisting still, right? So, all right. Resisting. You know.
0: <laughs> He
1: probably just confused. He doesn't know what's going on. No, he's he's
2: resisting. Okay, so um, I handle the situation right. He folds like a cheap suit thing. He felt like like a like a like a fucking uh, xylophone, right? Exactly. That's what happened. Right, a xylophone. Right, he felt his body. What, what are you doing? Ah, ah. At that point, you know, everyone kind of looks over and sees what's going on. I think the audience went, "Ooh," right? So. Um, <laughs> Fucking security, our security guy. Who's security at that time? Which guy uh, was it? Who was it? It was, was J Chubbs? Was J-Lo. it J Lo? <laughs> J Lo came yeah, over yeah. and then and, and, and <laughs> took him out of there. It turns out hearing, it was. Uh, I
1: heard J Lo on the radio.
2: Yeah, and, and it turns out it was a uh, Amara Mark's guest, right? Like one of their <laughs> guests. He just, you know, wasn't he was where he wasn't supposed they to be. They normally right? clear everybody out, right? They everybody
1: should have been cleared out when we're doing our sure, setup, but normally they get, get everybody. Out. Know, people got yeah, yeah. asses,
2: they make it through. You know what I mean? So, right? <laughs> he didn't have the right pass, I'm sure, but you know it's a lag. The security's not the best everywhere, right? So whatever, whatever you know. But that's why you, you know, you got. I didn't realize that I cup hanged. had
1: just tou- just turned up on that tour too. That's good shit. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: He was so. a good truck driver too. Dude, yes, he was fucking awesome. Those guys were great, right? They looked after us. So, but that's the story behind that cup. <laughs> <clears throat> that's good
1: shit. Warren's stories normally involve somebody getting their ass kicked. <laughs> oh, come on. They, they all deserve it, bro. They deserve <laughs>
2: every single fucking one right? It's
1: questionable. It's questionable. I mean, deserve Wrong it ca- kind of like Daniel LaRusso deserved it. Oh, you want to get into that already? Not, I mean, not yet. Not yet. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It just, it just sparked it in my head because
2: it's so fresh. Speaking <laughs> of deserving, okay, when you fuck up, right, you usually get some kind of backlash, right? You fuck up, you know, for a band or something, right? So, one time we did these... Dave, we're doing these two shows in Oslo, yeah? At the Spectrum, I think it was called, the venue. Everyone knows, so you've been to Oslo, you, you know this one venue, right? You load it through the street. Um, uh, Norway, right? What you <laughs> call Yeah, Norway, Oslo, Norway. And um, so we do two nights there. It was, it was, it was the Slayer Megadeth tour, the, the Carnage tour whatever in Europe, right? So we, uh, um, so the first night fucking, the war ensemble starts, yeah, right? You know how that song starts? Dave, Dave, this is when Dave was still in the band, four count. Waves, boom, Kerry plays the riff, right? And then the band right? So Tom does the intro. War, are you ready? Whatever is war, you know, does the mm-hmm. intro. So Dave, boom, silence. Well, for Dead people silence. that
1: don't know, like it actually starts, Tom does a big scream of, are you ready? Right? He gets yeah. everybody all ready. Well, that, I don't know if then- he was doing
2: that yet, because that was what he was doing later on. But he would have this other- spiel before that song, right? So he would do that spiel, whatever. And then, um, you know, so nothing, right? It's supposed to be Carrie. So Dave being the fucking, you know, comedian guy fucking. breezes on that shit, dude. It sucks. So Dave Lombardo being, you know, Uncle Dave, just fun, you know, whatever. He looks over at Armory and just goes, oh yeah. The band goes into the song without Carrie. They start the song, everything goes. I Armin mean, eventually figures it out. You know what I mean. Plugs it in. All right, it's fine. Right? Mistake. No did big Jeff, deal.
1: So Jeff started for him,
2: basically. No, no, no. He just literally. They just, just went ahead around, and did it. They just <laughs> played around the riff because everyone knows the riff, so they're just humming the riff. You know what I mean? So, right? Um. So the, you know whatever they play the song, and, you know it's fine. The second day, you know we're laughing about it because after the show we're obviously like, you know, what happened? Wrong channel? What happened? You know I think he forgot to like, hand him a guitar that wasn't plugged in, but it i've been there which you have done before which we will get into after right I've been so there. um we get you know me and johnny of course being the fucking jerks we are fuck we we tell tom like you gotta like you know you gotta do something <laughs> so <laughs> so, he, so the next night we get, get into it right we get to you know play get up to that song so yeah he goes are you ready to the crowd so he goes, "Are you ready?" To the crowd. And he looks at Armin. Armin, are you ready? <laughs> so of course, me and fucking Johnny are dying. Where everyone knows what's going on. Yeah, you know I mean? we're fucking dying, dude. Oh my god, there he is, Armin. And it's uh, hilarious. And we even got like a little. <laughs> out of carry right? I think he turned his head and, and, and giggled. Well, looked, the carry doesn't
1: break on stage. That's hilarious, right? Carrie, uh, Carrie's got pretty game fucking, face on that whole yeah, fucking dude. time. So, and Armin, you know,
3: <laughs> Armin's looking at Tom, just like, "What the fuck? Are you serious?" Like, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was oh that's pretty
1: fucking funny, dude. That's awesome. It's a horrible <laughs> feeling. It's a horrible <laughs> feeling to
2: leave him on. Play. Hey, but you know what? It's better that than like getting actually yelled at or getting actually involved. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Like, you know. It's they're always cool about it right like on that shit they get yeah. like yelled at you know what i mean so
1: i mean it was it's a totally serious gig but nobody ever made you feel like, like a, when you know you plug
2: Harry in and he was just swinging the, the cable like hey buddy christ, that <laughs> sucked
1: jesus christ that <laughs> sort of sucked.
2: Like
3: that, right? but he didn't do <laughs> it into the microphone
1: <laughs> dude what blows about that too is that was recorded you know by a dozen different people so i watched it you know of course you and your brother made me feel like a horrible ass afterwards and then and then you made, like, that was on you, bro. I didn't whatever. Nothing, bro. Fuck, fuck the both of you. And so before I went out on leg two, I watched that again like a dozen times. Like I showed it to my friends, right? And like there was a dude in Austin too that like he was close up, and he's and he's watching the whole fucking thing, and it and it's straight up on the video. It seems like it's a minute or something, like it's fucking forever, right? It's like he was unplugged forever. Um, How many people at that show? Thousands, just I'm thousands, you. right? And some, dude, <laughs> some dude's there in the front, and he's like, Oh, Gary, too much Jagermeister, right? Like he's blaming King for the fucking thing. And it's like, dude, it's well, so horrible. Listen, this
2: so, is why, <laughs> listen, I got it, and I give it to bad guys. This ass. is why bad dudes get mad or they react a certain way. When shit goes wrong, because they feel like a fucking, you know what I mean? They're the guy out there. You gotta, remember. yeah, yeah. They're standing there like with I their dick in their hand, and wrong, it, it ain't even their fault. Looking nobody's looking at you, bro. Like, everyone's looking at him. So you gotta, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like,
1: out, out of 10,000 people, there's like five dudes that know that it's my fault, right? Everybody yeah, else is like, oh, Car- Gary's uh, drunk, Gary oh, fucked, C- up. Yeah, Gary's exactly. fucked it up, he was he drunk drops, or something. Bro,
2: he hasn't even drank a drop of liquor. He no, man, he's like, like, he's
1: like got dead game face on and it's all my yeah. fault and I'm just some jackass standing over there
2: on the side.
1: What? <laughs> dude, one of my favorite ones, dude. Like, so he... Uh, <laughs> So I only did those two unpluggings, right? And then, I mean, after that, you know, my heart skipped a beat every time Kerry was just starting. Like, I would
2: always check and recheck. And,
1: you know, and, of course, you yeah, afterwards. It's funny, how,
2: it's funny how every moment for the rest of the tour, like that moment you fucked up, when that moment comes around every night, you're like, oh my God. Every, every
1: <laughs> single night. It takes part of the fun out of it, man. It totally sucked. Cause at first I'm all happier to a pig and shit. I was all bouncing around and listening to the fucking songs. And I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm carrying." So Star think about Tech. And think then it got this. to like,
2: by the end, it's just like, I'm sweating so every bro, fucking second. So think, think, think about <laughs> this, right? After you do something like that for, let's say like 10 years, you ha- would have a list of course I there isn't that you're like oh my there, god I'm there like, isn't a
1: fun things, moment right? in the entire book fucking- <laughs> these things from happening like you know
2: what i mean like imagine my list was fucking 30 so, you know so, so never let these things happen ever again
1: so this was this was my third leg tech inform right this was after i take over for bubbers and so at this point okay. i think i got my shit together right because second leg i you know i still fucked up once or twice but everything was pretty much good right i kept my shit together i wasn't drunk yeah, the But you time your
2: fuck up you gotta realize Okay, like, yeah, you did have minor guitar tech fuck-ups. Yeah, sure. yeah look, I'm looking but tough. Most
1: of your, look, yeah, how you uh, look how hard I you am. Look how hard I am, motherfucker. Hard, up. like nails. Soft <laughs> soft like <laughs> West Virginia, bro,
2: right? Um, so your, most of your fuck-ups were on the touring end, not so much the technical end, right? You have technical issues, sure. You know what I mean? But, yeah, like like... They weren't like, you know, they were simple mistakes. It wasn't like, oh my God, this guy has no idea what I mean, what the doing touring
1: it. side, I should have never been there, dude. Like, I should have never been in that. Like, in most of those situations, I had no Isn't business there. Isn't that and what I
2: said from the beginning?
1: Yeah, you were wrong, mostly. But, yeah, like, I should have been I was wrong, <laughs> mostly?
2: So, aren't you agreeing me? I think your pillow on the, <laughs> in the trunk would have disagreed with me, all right? Or disagree with you. Excuse so, anyway. That thing was so damp.
1: Third leg that I was working and – and this was just based on, yeah, like I had, I had no idea what was going to happen if we skipped a song. And like you told me afterwards, you're like, oh, yeah, you just keep going through, dude. Like, But you, you yeah, wouldn't known that right? Like, because we had never yep. skipped a song, right? And so there was like a fuck up at one point and we skipped a song and it was early in the set. And I thought we would just go back to the song that we skipped, right? So I'm sitting there with the other guitar ready and Kerry walks over and he's like, no, dude, the white one. And I was like, the white yeah. one? fuck. Right. And so I, you know, I jump, and cause like, basically we just keep going through the set. That's how it works. Right. You don't fucking jump around cause everybody's going to get confused as to where the yeah, fuck is at. Right. Yeah, and, no, there's, no, no. and there's guys on pyro, there's guys on lighting, everybody just yep. keeps going through. I had no fucking clue. Right. So I hand him the white one and we're going into Gemini and Gemini's new in the set. It's fucking awesome. Like it's one of my favorite songs. Right. Mm. And at this point I have my ears out because like all hell's breaking loose and we're having to swap guitars and when Kerry's talking to you, if you got those fucking ears in, you can't hear shit, right? Like if yeah, music... well I
2: think you told the story last week, dude. You you slid across the stage. No, no, no. That's that's when I left him that's, unplugged.
1: Oh, that's okay. like, that's leaving him good. unplugged. Right. My first time okay, leaving okay, him okay. unplugged, right? I go right, sure, no, sure. no. This is on Gemini and like and I have my ears out and he's like, there's smoke billowing and shit. That was like. <laughs>
0: So, yeah
1: and he's like yo because i because i hear the song start i'm like okay i got the white guitar bro and i have my back turned right and i'm getting some other shit organized because i'm like you know everything's gone wrong but everything's back take together
0: one, yeah yeah take
1: one. ears ears should have never been out or at least leave one in I'll take one out so i can hear him oh, do I'll say
2: two ears shouldn't have been out two should have been paying attention no matter what was going on at the top to of him the song, to make sure the song started okay and then you go do your shit
1: I thought the song started okay. Cause I heard it. But, but when that song starts, it's both of them being like law. Right. And so I hear it on the stage and I, and I turn around and Carrie's like right there, but fucking Brian is like billowing smoke. So the smoke <laughs> is like covering Carrie and all I see is his arm going like, yo, and I, and he's like, he's like, he's like, yo, I'm not on. And I was like, you're on dude. <laughs> and he's like, I'm not on, right? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure you're on. <laughs> you're he's on. Yeah, he's like, motherfucker, exactly. I'm not on. I'm on yeah. And
0: I you're stick my on. ear in.
1: I was like, oh shit. And I look over and I realize I had to switch the fucking
2: box. Right? So I was like, slam. I got got the goddamn box on. <laughs> yeah, that's the face you should have been making it. Fuck <laughs> yeah. You Dave. plug my shit in, motherfucker. Look at the guitar too, right? Look, it, it is, it's the, the same guitar. Day. It's the same guitar. Fuck me, jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> i was like i was like you're good bro <laughs> he shakes his head and walks away he's
1: like motherfucker dude. he hit me for like at least four just on that thing he's like okay, okay let, yes, let's go over your mistakes yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> first you question me <laughs> yeah he's like no first you hand me a guitar that's not on yeah how. and then and he'd then question you, me when i tell you it's, he's, he's like, like
1: yeah like, he's like your ears aren't on you tell me that i'm on and i know i'm not on motherfucker i'm standing there like in front of the amps. like i know when i'm on it's like i know i was like what the fuck am i thinking i'm sitting back there pounding
0: shots like it's like it's like just <laughs> keep funneling
1: the <laughs> yeah, <it's like>, <laughs> them at me bro like i, I know it was fucking awesome <laughs> He was always a good sport about it, man Like, he knew I was fucking up Like, I mean, it was, you know Well,
2: he's always been a good sport That's the greatest thing about working for the guy he's a good sport, you know what I mean? Yeah, That's he was what's never the best about work for anyone at Slayer They're good sports, right? Yeah Like, all right, everybody, you know fucking Everybody was cool about moments, you know? it Jeff threw a guitar at me once Not at me, but threw it towards me You know what I mean?
1: That's what Tom and Sandra said one time They were like, if you fucked up like that Jeff would have thrown that motherfucker at you
2: <laughs> And I was like, damn, dude oh, I don't you know think what? I could have dealt You know what?
0: He
1: might have
2: fucking thrown it at you if you fucked up like that, bro. Come <laughs> to think about it. Because he he did that to a guy we had there at one point. That was something uh, fucked up, and he was like, whatever, and he just fucking threw the Jeff car wouldn't
1: have put me in that situation though, right? Like Jeff wouldn't have like that's the thing. Me and Carrie were friends, he was super cool to me through the whole thing. Like that first time leaving him unplugged, I wanted to kill myself. I'm like, what am I even doing here? I'm gonna fuck up my favorite band playing every night. Like, I got no business here. Dude, I remember several times looking around at all those buttons. And like being like, I can't believe how much, control the over, flashing. how much control over this show I have right now, right? Like I could completely pooch this whole thing if I just hit the wrong, if I leaned back into this thing and like, like all so many things could go right. And I'm sure it's like that well, for every people, guy. But
2: what? That's why you, you know, people don't understand when you're they're leaning on your rack or fucking in your area during the show, it's like, yo, get back, bro. <laughs> You just saying you could kick something. You, you know dealt what with I mean? that like, more on stage right name? than I did. Nobody dude, ever
1: man. fucked around on Carrie's side, right? Like I rarely <laughs> dealt with anybody on except for uh, uh the singer at Death Angel that one time was like over there thrashing and his hair was like all over my shit.
2: It's like Oh yeah, dude. And so, yo, one time we had uh on that Carnage tour with Megadeth on uh, in the US like we had uh Sean Drover would come hang out, you know, watch from our guitar with the drummer from Megadeth, right? Bro, as he was leaving one night, kicked out the power for the bass rig during the show. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. He did. It. He tripped over something. Oh, sorry, guys. He kept going. Meanwhile, the whole face raised out. i was like, oh, dude. dude, fucking middle of the show. It's like that's oh, hilarious.
1: Dude. Yeah, you dealt with that a lot more on stage right, right? There normally wasn't anybody fucking around on stage left. You normally had people chilling. There was people sitting on over on. Yeah, the, we, uh, the, you know, the we would trunks depends, and all like, that shit.
2: because like we always had a little more room. You know what I mean? On stage yeah. right, depending on the tour, whatever. Yeah, we and have like the soundboard shit over on the side. Pyro took up a lot of the room when he was doing it, but like if, you know, people on the tour wanted to come hang out and watch the show. Stage right was a good place to come because yeah. we would always kind of make it. like if we had room, we would make areas. You know,
1: well, we had to Afghanistan. Like you could hang out in the Afghanistan.
2: Exactly. A bit. You know what yeah. I mean? So we always set up the the um, the gap trunk, right? The spares trunk. Toward the side, and you could kind of just sit on that, right? Because yep. we didn't need to get into that till the end of the show. You know what I mean? So, yep. whatever, yeah, you
1: so. normally had three or four people sitting over there or crowded around, yeah. at least for a little bit or yeah. whatever.
2: So, yeah, and then absolutely. they would clear everybody
1: out, like on the last three songs, they'd clear everybody the fuck out of there.
2: Yeah, usually the last, depends who it was, you know what I mean? So, it yeah. depends who it was, you know. If it was guests, yeah, absolutely. Last three songs bounce, you know. But it was like people on the tours, like, dude, you know.
1: I'll never forget Not. King standing there waving in the cloud of fucking smoke. <laughs> <laughs> and me being like, nah, bro, you're fucking good, dude. I hear it. Like, you're fucking fine. You're Get the fuck a- out there. Go. <laughs> like, I know what the fuck I'm talking about. This motherfucker's been up there for 32 years playing that guitar. <laughs> and I'm like, nah, dude, you're fine. <laughs> you're
2: so fucking arrogant sometimes. Same, same as like, yeah, I can do this job. No problem, bro. <laughs> oh, man. What did I tell oh, you to that first day? I was like, bro, you really, like, you're going to. People buy- think I'm smart, but I'm really you're gonna not that ruin smart. ruin your dude. life. Look, I'm really well, not look, that smart. What's my most famous <laughs> saying about you? What do I always say about you? I
1: don't know.
2: You say You're the a lot smartest of shit. Dumb guy? You're the smartest <laughs> dumb guy I know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do some dumb shit. I mean, there's no doubt. Everyone does. <laughs> I do dumb shit too, hey, bro. But you. Hey,
3: you I never are, said
1: I had my shit together. I said I was awesome.
3: <laughs> you, <laughs>
2: <laughs> You're, You know what you are? You're fucking. You're Johnny, bro. You're Johnny from Cobra Kai, Karate right? You're that dude. dude. That's I who mean, you
1: are. Johnny was a good dude that was always trying to do better. And it actually translates. So let's get into this, actually, motherfucker. Because I have clocked all, all the way through now. season two clue, of Cobra Kai we get, now.
2: We, clue, clue in. we both have caught up season one and season two of Cobra Kai.
1: Yeah, since right? the last episode, we have... I mean, yeah. So in a week, right? Like we have started blasting through. Well, I
2: went on a binge, right? I watched like. Yeah. I,
1: you clocked it like, in like yeah. two,
2: two, three days. <laughs> yeah.
1: In under seventy-two hours, you had cleared it. <laughs> I tried to tease it out a little bit because I knew season three wasn't going to be available yet, hoping you, that they, you were smart. Yeah, I, I was smart. I should,
2: I, I should have held back a little.
1: I'm praying now. Now I'm announced to
2: see season three, right? So.
1: Me too. Like I mean, season three's got to come out on Monday or some shit, and right? season like, two,
2: was an epic ending, right? Like. Wow, what a way to to end the season, right?
1: Epic. And all of, you know, let's just start here. It all just reinforces my stance that Johnny is kind of the hero through this whole thing. He's a broken hero, and he didn't always do the right shit. But here's my logic. Even in the current episodes, he's always trying to do better. He recognizes that he's not a good dude, and he's trying to do better. LaRusso's kind of a dick and just is self-righteous as fuck and gives two shits about doing better. He doesn't care about doing better. He doesn't want to do better. He thinks he's awesome. He thinks he's right. Okay, so let me ask you this then. So going to a random
2: bar in Northern California and getting into a bar fight is trying to do better?
1: Those guys were fucking with him. You're talking about with his friend with cancer? I mean, come on, dude. Like, I mean, they—they
2: they were those. You would have gotten in that fight. Are you kidding? Oh, that yeah, guy touched your mug. You would have fucking whipped those no, dudes no, absolutely. ass. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I that would have gotten into that fight, but I'm not trying to be better, right? So <laughs> you don't even claim to be a good person. <laughs> no, I just bro, Like, listen, man, I'm not that much of a fucking dick, all right? I just handle business when it needs to be handled. That's all. That's I mean, that's all Johnny did. Right?
1: That's all Johnny was doing. Right. Well it enough no alone. Daniel can Daniel can never leave well enough alone. Moves his kid into his fucking house and stuff. Let's actually get into something on the early on the early Karate Kid shit. Speaking of the weed in the shower, our
2: illustrious. Okay, so yeah, he did a lot of research. Yeah, the the guy that wrote the screenplay, right? The writer was well. Here,
1: step back. What What instigated the research was not only the fact that he's rolling the joint in the in the shower
3: or uh in the bathroom
1: yeah like it calls number. it a number which is a weird thing to call it somebody's been smoking right. weed a long fucking time that you're yeah. calling a joint a number right
2: even that's that's almost like a 60s term right and that's, that's movie's yeah. based on the 80s you know what yeah. I yeah mean? so.
1: so somebody's been blazing for a while that was either involved in the movie or whatever then our producer notices that daniel's buddy uh on the beach what's that kid's name he's wearing Freddy. Freddie. Freddy. freddy's wearing a First normal guy he shirt meets at at, at, uh,
2: at his apartment complex and, no, a,
1: nor- and a normal, a normal shirt. shirt in 1984 to be wearing a normal shirt like it's that's an
2: crazy.
1: that's an activist almost right like i mean given we're talking about california and shit so like so, you know there was definitely people more people blazing out there maybe or more publicly <clears throat> so we did a little bit of research and it turns out the Writer of the movie is from Sonoma or lives in Sonoma now and grows weed. The guy that runs his vineyards, he has a bunch of vineyards. The the guy that manages his vineyards apparently is one of the oldest growers in the Sonoma area. See, look at that dude. Even if that What's was his nice, name, I don't know his name. I can't remember his name. <laughs> Oops. Oh man, Matt has that for us too somewhere.
2: Hold my, on, hold my, on. Let me look for that man.
1: Oh, Yeah, yeah, hang on. Get it. You'll be able to say it because we can just edit. <laughs> we can edit that together. No, we all
2: edit. This is fine. Bro. <laughs> Robert Ready Kamen.
1: It's Robert Kamen.
2: Robert Kamen. There you go. Okay.
1: Yeah. So if there's any way to get Robert, Robert on the show. Robert Mark sh- Kamen, yep. If
2: but there's any the way writer. to get
1: Robert on the show. Of course, then again, like if, now if that i If I've...
2: anyone knows uh, Robert Mark Kamen, we would love to have him on this show.
1: Would love to talk to him, even just for a minute on the oh, phone. Dude.
2: yeah, <laughs> anything. Just we want to question his background. Like, are, are these- Specific little things that he just did to kind of throw it out there. Well, because there's references ready, in you know?
1: season one too, right? Like they're smoking weed in the car. Uh, Daniel's yep. daughter and shit, or or actually her friends are smoking her weed. Her in the friends car. are smoking weed. Yeah, yeah. and then it's uh, a pretty funny
2: scene, right? Because they all get paranoid and whatever. And
1: then the grandmother at the uh, at the karate tournament, right? Like she's like, "Wow, you seem really calm." Like given that their grandson is out there, you know, kicking ass, and she's like, "Oh well, I smoked a joint before we came here to the thing."
2: I didn't don't you catch remember that. that
1: shit oh yeah it was no, in the, I I it was in the caption she says it in spanish oh i gotta, I gotta catch that
2: oh, <laughs> yeah man. yeah right. it's I epic mean? so All
1: the gra- right. the grandma blazes too <laughs>
2: there's which a lot is- of drinking in that right
1: well yeah but not in, not in a positive way that's what i'm saying yeah the alcohol mm-hmm. is portrayed negatively and the cannabis is portrayed positively which yes, i like which i like is, that
2: stance well it's the truth right you know what i mean so
1: it's good like i mean that's part of why i love that show Hey, uh, so we have to shoot over the link to our guest.
2: Yes. Let, let me do that real quick. But, um, and let's, okay, so let's real quick, let's talk about our guest. Who's our guest today? We got Johnny Chow. Johnny Chow. Oh, speaking to the microphone, fuck face. We got
1: Johnny Chow.
2: <laughs> Johnny Chow from Stone Sour, right? He also played in uh, Cavalier Conspiracy, I believe Soul you know? So, I'm excited about that. We got a lot to talk about, right? He's got... uh. He's got um. There he is, Johnny Chow, and he's he's got a restaurant. He's got some art stuff, you know, besides the stone tower stuff, right? So he's been doing art stuff for a while. Yeah, the art stuff is is is, is uh, it's definitely been around, right? So, uh, why don't I you some- sh- shoot it to him as a text
1: too? Why don't you, Warren, so that he can uh, sure, because he he's gonna join from his phone.
2: Uh, Did you email it to me? Yep, I shout it to him in an email.
1: So yeah, he's been running Mr. Chalice for a while. I think you guys were there at the uh, grand opening of Mr. Chalice.
2: Yeah, we were. We had a day off in Buffalo. We were able to go hang out for the day, but they weren't serving food just yet. But we were able to go and get like the vibe of the place. You know what I mean? It was cool, man. We hung out there for for a little bit, man. For a couple. Was weeks. the
1: was the arcade weeks. stuff set up yet?
2: Oh, yeah, that's why we went. We ended Sweet. up playing, like, all the video games for a couple hours. You know what I mean? You know us, right? We're nerds. You know what I mean? So, you know, old-school 80s video games on there, bro. So, that's he had, to... like, you know, Spy Hunter, Tron. He had, like, some epic games. Dude. Oh, like, that's sick.
1: Yeah, dude. That's something, actually, I want to ask him about, right? Because the uh, restaurant industry is tough. And when I saw the uh, arcade stuff he was doing upstairs, I wonder if that's, like, a good way to be able to augment, you know, what would be normal revenue right? oh yeah there you go
2: look he's got yeah. he had skeetball and everything bro it was uh it was pretty epic man like i you know i actually in new york they have something it's not as epic as his place but it's like more simple it's called barcade this is the bar with a bunch of video games right i'd gone there once or twice i don't drink you know that you know but i went to go play with um play video games i actually took josh jenkins one time when he was in town and uh um, josh that guy was a savage yeah he's savage years <laughs> like the years. and uh so um, we went there, whatever. So when you know when he, he told me about the restaurant and we went, I was excited to go, right? Because you know that was cool. You know what I mean? Like, dude, I'll, I'll sit there all night and play video games. You know. So
1: yeah, yeah. I think he's gonna do the interview too from his uh, restaurant. So yeah. um, we'll Which get him to cool. give us a tour and um, walk us through Mr. that place. Child. And, yeah, and they've been affected by all of the pandemic shit and um, yeah, heavily, we'll right? talk so, about that. Yep. Yeah. So should be pretty cool to see him. What do we got coming up? Let's see. Oh, it's yeah, Mr. The Childs. Child. There you
2: go. So, so you now ask. you think, now you, you we got to ask him about this because you think apparently that Kiss fan, a, Kiss yeah, fan. It's a Kiss reference, right? Yeah. To fan. me, that looks like just, I don't know, it could be, it's, um, it's, both, it's
1: both, right? right? Like it's, it's supposed to be kind of a Japanese thing, but I bet you the S is a play on Kiss. Kiss was Japanese kabuki kind of shit, right? So it all, I don't know. I don't think you're using S's like that in your logo unless you're going as. Does that remind you of a
2: little bit of a Slayer S, though?
1: It is a little bit of a Slayer S. So Are you saying that
2: <clears throat> Slayer bit off Kiss? Because if, if that's the case, I'll reach through the thing and slap the shit out of you, right? You know, you know they did. Oh, uh, dude. <laughs> I'm like. I'm gonna text <laughs> Carrie King right now. No. You don't. Don't. Shit don't. Right now. don't. <laughs> 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 bro, you seriously, bro? I don't think anyone in uh, Slayer was Kiss-fucking, bro. Really? Yeah, I no, don't think Kiss was a big influence on Slayer, dude.
1: I mean, but it's a metal, like, that became the metal S, right? Because of Kiss. Wait, what? Yeah, I don't care about the
2: metal S. I'm talking about, like. Yeah,
1: Whether they like- were Kiss fans or not, like, it became it was a stem off a of Kiss. I'm not saying you had to be a Kiss fan to like, want to use that S. I'm saying, though, that looks so you're like. you're saying that they that bit looks off like a, Kiss, though. I'm saying that looks like a Kiss logo.
2: So you're saying they bit off Kiss?
1: A little bit. <laughs> I'm saying it didn't Damn, most so, metal are you a did. Kiss fan, or are
2: you a Slayer fan?
1: Well, I'm a Slayer fan because it's what I've listened to my whole life and okay, so still would today. S. So
2: that's a Slayer ass. Got a Kiss ass. Well, Slayer I mean uh, da, I bet, I, Kiss was doing it first. I don't care who did it first. I'm just saying Slayer I did it first. Fan, that's a Slayer ass.
1: I am not, you know, I don't like lay my allegiance like that, right? It doesn't have to be so black and white. The world is gray, Warren. The world is gray. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to say, bro, you should have a little more loyalty
1: to Slayer. It's not about you. loyalty. I mean, it's not about loyalty to Kiss by any means. Although, I mean, like, I was a Kiss fan as a little kid. Like, I mean, so it was earlier. But you got to give credit where credit's due. That was the Kiss S, man. And, like, it's, it became a metal so, S. It so became a, It's the Slayer S. It's now so it's in the, the Chow's S. You're
2: that Slayer bit off his head.
1: That's what you're saying. You're putting that in a really harsh way that I don't appreciate. <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm, hey, I'm just trying to fucking... It's ju- not you know keeping what I mean? it real. Said like, said bro,
1: not me. That's not what I said. It's not what I said at all.
2: I don't so, know. See, the Slayer... Has I mean, to it work, is a little I'm
1: bit different, sure. actually. It is a little bit different. I mean, dude, come on. Pretty damn close. Go back. They're pretty yeah, fucking close though. They're a little different, no, but pretty close. No. Look at the, the that though. And, asses, okay, wait. Now, the but asses do the
2: look more like lightning bolts.
1: Look right? at the kiss like s versus this. Yes, look at the kiss ass versus the Mr. Chow's. That's the more relevant. You're trying to like make this into a Slayer kiss thing, and it's
2: just all wrong. It's just all wrong. You made it into a Slayer kiss. <laughs> I, did thing, bro. I did not. I did not. Just like you're making Daniel to, out to be the bully which is bullshit. Daniel is
1: clearly the bully. I mean, think about the show, dude. That Daniel's got a great life, a wife, kid at home, like this pimp ass pad and everything, and he's got to just maliciously go off and fuck up Johnny's life again, again. He did it with Allie back in the '80s, and now he's doing it again in the 2020s. It's unfucking believable. And then ultimately, they both fail as fucking senseeves, right? Like they Hold both on. Train so their Daniel fixed in the this complete- dude's car for free, right? After his daughter destroys his car, his old
2: classic. It was a classic. Okay. Yeah, you're right about that. His <laughs> his daughter did, yeah. Okay. His daughter did wreck the car. All it was cool. really his
1: daughter's delinquent friends, right? And she bailed off yeah. them and everything. Yeah, but his daughter yeah. takes responsibility. And the dude's pimping in, you know, an S seven, I think, in that last season. He was rocking an S seven. Who, Johnny? No. Uh, no, no. He the hooked him up too, right? He's got a pimp car now give him a challenger bro yeah, like, like i mean gets, like, that's crazy that's crazy that whole yeah, the premise man. of that was absurd it's like come on it's the only what fifty, sixty thousand dollar car on the lot and that's what he gets what, wait
2: hold on what what's what it was uh, like
1: it was like shitbox shit shitbox, brand is, what, new what,
2: challenger <laughs> i didn't it's even look Larusso Auto. I,
3: what were they selling? audi
1: audi mercedes german oh, wow. fancy german okay. shit
2: high-end high
1: stuff then. yeah yeah he's driving a audi s7 in the last couple of episodes anyway his daughter's sitting there looking at him and has the s7 like in blaze logo audi Mm -hmm. does that as product placement oh
2: yeah yeah there's they're like product placement in 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 that show (laughs) there's so much product placement in
1: that show (laughs) audi are champions at that shit lamborghini started doing it because they're owned by audi now right so you start the lambo popping into the batman you know audi's like
2: the new bmw nowadays you know what i mean right or at least it is in la they've been around forever but yeah yeah totally
1: yeah it's the swanky la you know whatever. It's the pedestrian German car to have. Because you totally need all-wheel drive in LA, right? Like, it's a crucial thing. They really are in Colorado. They're like, it's like wheel, a,
2: yeah. You need all-wheel drive <laughs> in LA, huh? You yeah, it's crucial. All that, that terrain
1: and stuff, huh? Uh, in, uh, in Colorado, they're, besides Subarus, it's like the most common car around Like the A4s yeah, and no, shit. Absolutely. It's not like the crazy ones and stuff, but specifically because of the Quattro. Like, that shit's baller as fuck. Yeah, no, I
2: mean those. Are, I mean, I've never ridden in an Audi. I've ridden in, in, in nice BMWs though, and uh, those are dope, right? So it's I dope. can only imagine the Audi is probably dope too, right? So
1: they're they're dope too. It's a, you know just different.
2: Well, you're same. a car guy, so
1: would you do? You, have you ever driven an Audi? Yeah, I've had several.
2: <laughs>
1: yes, I've had some. <laughs> if you if you have the means, I highly recommend it. <laughs>
2: All right, Ferris. <laughs> good pickup, big good pickup. A lot of people of get that. Get <laughs> an eighties reference by me, man. Come on,
1: man. <laughs> let's see the uh, let's see the comparison of the uh, of the Kiss, Mr. Chow's. Let's bring that up. <clears throat> did you check? Did you text Johnny?
2: Yeah, yeah. He's calling it. All right. So there's Kiss. Right, so Old the Kiss. Right. Looks more like a lightning bolt. Slayer. Slayer is more like an S.
1: The, yeah, it's right? more aggressive slash. too, and it's more like a slash. Uh, yeah, that's. Yeah, I mean, see, that's
2: it. See, but that this one has a different right because the end of the S is longer, right? So it's. It is. Really say, bro, but that's only because
1: it's just, done on this I think little slash thing.
2: I think you're just a fucking kiss fan, and you got to put know, like man. just kiss so, anywhere, right? Go, it's, Luka, a, it's kiss. No, it's pretty, not kiss, bro. It's Mr. Clash. All right, pretty kiss. It's Slate. It's not kiss.
1: You know they. All right. Speaking of Johnny Chow, let's see. Let's put this to bed right now.
2: All right, that works. All right so quick, quick question, bro. Your logo, yeah, man. Mr. Chow's, does it have anything Did you Oh, yeah, it's on you, his hat a, right are, now. Are you a Kiss fan? I am a Kiss fan. Okay, so is that, is that kind of like a, a thing off of, like a, a
3: twist from the Kiss logo? Or? We, we, we straight up, no, I'm not going to say that, but yeah. <laughs> All right, so Dave was right. Dave was right. Thank you very yeah. much.
2: Thank
3: you, a, you very much. Play off the kiss, okay? All right, yeah. cool, Here, yeah. there
1: you go. I called that right <laughs> away, and then we were just, we spent far too long flipping between the S on there, the KISS logo and the Slayer logo, because yeah. then Warren wanted to turn it into a Slayer versus KISS thing, and if I was loyal to Slayer that I wouldn't compare the <laughs> logo to a KISS. And I was like, it's the same S, man. It's always been the yeah. same S to me since the 70s. Yeah. That's been the S. It's metal as Totally
3: the yes, It is. <laughs> and uh, I've always thought like uh, you know, Gene Simmons wherever see it, I'm sure he'd send a cease and desist and I'd be like, hey, at least I noticed. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I heard he's he's uh, he's actually taken that font <clears throat> or, or, or or copyrighted that font. Is really? what I've heard.
2: Yeah. Not, he yeah, he yeah. owes yeah, everything. I mean, he he anything yeah. he does, he owes. <laughs> oh, it's crazy, guy. man.
1: Yeah, right, and so. hence the deviation on the Slayer too, right? The Slayer's more of that scratch kind of font and everything, yeah, but here you Slayer, know, compared right. it to
2: the Slayer, right? Slayer mean, owns that too. Or a Slayer fan, bro. What's up, dog? <laughs> Look, you didn't work for Kiss, right? You worked for Slayer, didn't you? What's Slayers,
1: you, Slayer's is different yeah. enough to where obviously they have that font trademarked as well. Like I don't think you can make other shit with that Slayer font without having well, yeah, I'm pretty a sure glo- a global
2: merch. Yeah, 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 global yeah, yeah.
1: merch coming after you. Well,
2: I mean you see that S, you basically think of Slater, right? Not Kiss.
1: Okay? It depends yeah. on the S. As soon as I saw that one, I thought of Kiss. So, well done, so That's sir. a
2: completely different one. Thank so, you. But
3: yes, well done. <laughs> well done. <Mr>. Right on. <laughs> hey, guys, also, just uh, not to change things up here, but just so you know, we, uh, we actually opened up our patio today. So, we got oh, wow. some people running around behind me and stuff like that. So That's cool. I hope, you don't, that's all hope right. you don't mind that, man. No, no. Actually, up.
2: Then that goes to show. Whoever's in Buffalo... Bro, well, you know this week, this episode won't air for a couple of weeks. But if you're in Buffalo, man, go hit Mr. Charles because you guys gotta be open by then. You know what I mean? So care yeah, yeah. Down.
3: No, right. we cool. I I guess we're uh, we're legally um, able to open in Phase Three, which starts on uh, when does that start? On I think next Wednesday, where we can be at fifty okay. percent capacity and still be six feet distance. But nice. right now, uh, Governor Cuomo um said that we actually last week he said that uh all bars and restaurants could open up the patios as long as we're safe distancing fuck yeah so, right. well congratulations you know, we're trying to yeah thanks yes. man it, pretty, it feels good man because i'll tell you what man it's a scary thing man it's a tough business owning a restaurant yeah. line, but you know then when you get shut down it's just like oh we now what
2: <laughs> yeah you guys yeah. only been you guys been open for about a year two years no, uh, almost
3: two years This July it'll be two years Okay. So, yeah, Actually, I couldn't remember
2: when we had come crazy. through.
3: Yeah, man, it, it was crazy because, you know, that whole time that we were planning for this and we were doing this, it, it's been for years, but <laughs> I was just on a, like, three-year cycle. <laughs> so I'd be in and out of town as they're doing yep. the build-out and everything like that, and it's like, you know, and I've got a, a, a 14-year-old, so it's like, you know, whenever I go out on wow. tour, it's like, oh, well, welcome to being a, a single mom again as I go on yeah. tour sure. So this time it was like, you know, oh, we're yeah. gonna be in a single mom again, but oh yeah, you gotta design and build a restaurant too.
2: Yeah, <laughs> she, business to run too. Yeah.
3: She's right? involved. Yeah.
1: So she helped get everything built out and everything while you she, were out she, on the road.
3: She's the boss, man. She's the wow. boss. You know what I mean? She she definitely she's she's the one with the brains. She's definitely like, you know, she kicks ass, man. She knows she she's really awesome at taking like oh uh, there she is. Yeah, there you go. That's that's a cover of a magazine. That's a magazine here in Buffalo that did a really kick-ass article on her and uh, the business. You know, she really knows how to take all my crazy, zany ideas that are a million of them all at (laughs) once, and then they change and they change. She knows how to take them and stack them properly and have them, like, actually make sense with her own twist on it, too. So, you know, without her, man, none of this would be uh, able to be done. So it's, you know. A lot of it's Christy, man. Most of it, all of it's Christy. Well, and still, that's usually the case, right? And still with a 14 year
1: old kid. So, are you guys having to homeschool uh, the kid right now?
3: Oh, my God, man. So, you know, we were very, very fortunate to get our son into a a really like, like this really awesome, like um, college preparatory school. He's only in eighth grade this year, but he's going in, he's doing the next four years at the school. It's super expensive school. School is intense, man. So, like, his friends, some of his friends that are in public school, Um, have to do like a Zoom like once in the morning just to show that they're made it to class. they barely got any, you know, barely got any kind of like, you know, um, homeschooling, no assignments or anything like that. I'm telling you, man, I've never and and she's another reason why she's awesome is because she did most of the teaching. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, some of the stuff with the way they're teaching nowadays, man, it's right over my head. And, you know, he had to do multiple Zooms a day, anywhere from two to five of them a day. That's and he awesome. had to do projects. and Good. You know, so, yeah, that's what I say, man, because it's like, you know, it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, just because school isn't technically happening physically doesn't mean that these kids shouldn't be educated. No, you, yeah, come you, sure out of do. you can't pause the education yeah. of kids. Bro. Yeah. You don't, want, a, you don't want to come bad. out of this with a bunch of dumb kids, man. You know what oh. I mean? Well, that's how we're here yeah. right
2: now, right? Because you know, yeah. I mean? there some one generation, some generation got fucked up, and that's why we're. Here. Oh yeah. So let's fix it yeah. before it gets yep. worse. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Man. Absolutely. Exactly. absolutely. dude. Cool. Cool. Wow.
1: That's a shitload of work. So when you guys, hey, yep. you guys have only been around then, basically a year and a half before you had, you were forced to shut down. I mean, your margins aren't huge in a restaurant industry anyway. I mean, how tough has it been to? keep everybody employed? Did, were you guys able to pull any assistance for any of that stuff?
3: Well, no, we weren't, be, we weren't able to pull any assistance on any of that stuff, unfortunately, man. Um, but you know what? To be honest with you, man, that whole PPP loan situation, man, you got you to gotta take 75% of that loan and put it towards, uh, put it towards your employees' um, salaries and, and, and paychecks. And then 25% can go towards you know, keeping the, the, the lights on, paying the rent, insurance, such and so forth. Um, now when you have an employee that you say, Hey man, come back to work or, you know, sit on your ass and do nothing for $700 a week. They're like, well, I'm making $1,100 sitting on my ass and doing nothing. But they, they don't remember though, at the same time when they're doing that, um, they are actually in violation of, of the, the, you know, the unemployment because you were being offered a job and turning it down. Yeah. And if you're turning it down. Yeah. And it all goes goodbye in July. You know what I mean? Yep. That extra six hundred a week—that's definitely gone in July.
1: Yeah. Well, and so. that, ain't gonna, that ain't gonna carry you that long. I mean. No, exactly, man. Exactly.
2: And you it's, know our employees are it's, great, know, it's
3: though, supposed man. supposed to be a temporary fix, not a permanent yeah. situation. You know what I mean? And so yeah, you've been no. able to
1: keep everybody jumping back now that you guys are firing well, back up?
3: Well, you know, we're we're opening slow. You know, we're. we're we're in, a, you know, New York State's phase two. When we do, when we are legally able to open in phase three, we're gonna have a few phases of uh, phases of our own, you know. Um, with the, the restaurant itself, like behind me is a dining area. It's not massive, but what we've done, um, Christy and our, our one manager, Mikey, what they've done is something really awesome. And they're figuring out and working out these different areas that you can, like, purchase for two hours, so to say, make reservations for it for two nice. hours. And and upstairs, you know, we have the arcades, all the classic '80s games, pinball machines, and stuff like that. So they used to run flat al- along a wall. So what we've done is we turn them so they run parallel with the wall, with two side by side, a space. kind of like their, stand, in their own little
2: pockets, then.
3: Yeah. And then two more then Yeah, I can totally walk you guys yeah, up. Hang on, yeah. just half a second, man. So I got you on the stand. So I'm trying to balance the stand here at the same oh, time. it's cool. <laughs> awesome. Hang on a second, guys. Dude, the place oh, a view right of the there. restaurant. Yeah, look at that. Huh? That's Jay Wood. That's our bar manager. This right here is Christy. She's the boss. Hi, Christy. Come up here, right. man. We do this and do a little flip on this camera.
2: Uh, yeah, look at that. Yeah, you got little, like, it's almost like little pockets or whatever.
3: So we would have, see, like, this black wall right here. Normally, they just be right along in a line, like that, you know? But um the way this there, it is. there we go yep. so right here what we're doing now is we're creating like little pockets you got games oh, there that. yeah got games there come over here you got oops, more games right here you know little pockets that you can like so-called like i don't want to say rent out but you know you can Tron's have it for like awesome. a group of a, a group yeah. of up to a few people oh yeah it's yeah oh uh, which that, pinball
1: man. games do we got there which pinball
3: all right, here we go, man. It's all music. So oh, we got Metallica. Metallica. Uh, yeah.
1: Oh, Kiss. Kiss. Look at that.
3: Kiss. Uh,
1: yeah.
2: The,
3: is that, Maiden. That's the,
1: is that the, wait, that's a new school Kiss one too, right? That's Oh, yeah,
3: oh, yeah. All these are brand new, man. They're all pro line, you know, you know, top of the line uh, pinballs, pinball machines. And you know what's crazy, man, is like, I didn't realize this. Oh, we also got ACDC here. AC/DC. Yeah. the ACDC. And then a we got one. the Aerosmith that. one. Nice. Look, yeah. So yeah, man. So it's uh, we're you know we're trying to figure it out, and then we got this uh, up here. We have a second bar. You know things are still in a little bit of disarray because you know we've been closed for so long, and we've been trying to like do different. Is that Donkey uh, Kong Jr.? That is Donkey Kong Jr. Yeah. <laughs> and then we got the upstairs bar here that that we did some remodeling on and stuff like that. We've got to get all the bottles back up. That's and then cool, we got. Man. And then we got Rampage. Oh, oh nice. yeah! This, Dude, look at that. And I just saw that movie beautiful, the other day. Oh, did you? Yeah, it nice. was good. And then look at this, man. This is awesome. Summertime. Yeah, they got the bubbles going because uh, we're open today.
0: But look at that, sweet. man.
3: Got the double French doors opening up, man. Look all around downtown Buffalo. Whoops. Sweet. You know, nice. it's beautiful view. Uh, all right, this thing. Okay, enough of that. Enough of that. <laughs> but, uh. Yeah All right. All right. So yeah, man. You know, we're, we're 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 trying to you know get this thing kicking back up again, man. It's you know. Did you did you, you uh start a GoFundMe page or
2: something? Do you want to promote? You know, we, we we
3: did because we we weren't able to qualify for for the uh, for the um, PPP or PPP. Um, weren't able to get any of the the loans. Well, there you the go. We, we
2: got it up. If anyone wants to go, you know. Contribute, help the guy out. You know, go check out the the GoFundMe. It's Mr. Chow's relief fund. And,
0: well, and uh, I, and
3: I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, man. Too, you know what? I, if you do go there, guys, please do me a favor and read every little bit, man. And it's a real story. And um, you know, we've kind of gotten some flack here and there because you know where people are like, oh yeah, you know this, this Johnny Chow guy, this rock star with his millions of dollars and. Uh, You know, why would, you know, why would we like, you know, go there? He's asking for more money from people who are broke right now. It's just like, no, you guys don't understand, man. We didn't get any of these loans. I don't have any money. Every fucking cent that I made off that last cycle has gone into this building. You know what I mean? And so there is no money. There's no more money that I can put into it, man. Well, that's also because... the
2: assumption that everyone likes to assume that if you play in a band, you're rich, which is not yeah. Oh, true. Yeah. And yeah. far in the case,
3: right? So <laughs> that was back in the eighties, bro. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and even then Sex drugs, do you rock and band. roll, you know? It's so different so, now. Oh cool. Well, right so on. I wanna
1: get I actually want to ask more on the music side here in a bit, but like, um, yeah, the assumption is that you guys are filthy rich and I've yet to meet oh, any yeah. professional artists
3: that is, no. is wealthy at all. I mean, no, for sure, man. You know, and then, I mean, this, and this, then this, uh,
1: this. setting a place like that up has to be expensive as balls.
3: Oh, man, dude, it was ridiculous, man. We went over budget, like, you know, by sure. half, if not triple. Of we course. got screwed over. <laughs> the whole reason why we're at this golf foaming point, and, and, you know, I'm just going to be completely honest, man, and transparent, and that's what, what we are at, at Masuda Childs, Childs. And so, basically, we got screwed from the beginning by by the general contractors who basically... Took took the money, you know, quite a few hundred thousand dollars and started doing shoddy jobs, then you know, started not showing up. We had uh, to finally, you know, being there disappearing for four weeks at a time, because I wasn't there, man. And they're like, hey, <laughs> you know, hey, hey, check this out, lady. This is how this works, this is how that works. You know, she she calls it being mansplained. Sure. You know what I mean? And and these guys just took advantage of it, man. And we finally had to we had to open, man. You know what I mean? We were, I think, nine months behind our actual originally opening, opening date. And oh, so we finally, yeah, yeah dude, as ridiculous. Well, and that's we leaking
1: money every month, right? Like, I mean, Oh, every yeah, month, man. man and, you know, let me tell
3: you, dude, you know, so here's a situation <laughs> that sucked bad, man. So, you know, our first, our first chef that we had, you know, he, this guy, you know, we told him, he's like, okay, when should I leave my job? Because, you know, give me a date on when you were thinking about the opening. So we told him to leave his job. He said, okay, we're opening by this. He said, okay, I'm going to leave my job, man but I need to make money. It's like, don't worry, we'll get you your salary right away. So think about that. Those yeah. nine months of him being on salary, making money. Oh man, dude. yeah. <laughs> you know, right. that drained us, that, that, that in itself just drained a lot of money, man. You know? So well, again, you, that's, that's, you
2: know what, all these people saying all this stuff, that's, you know, these guys, you ever own a business? No, right? So why right. even, you know what I mean? Chiming in, it's like, dude, there's a lot of stuff yeah. behind all this. It's a know? small no, business sure. like
1: any other. And like, a, yep. if, you're, if you're privately funded, you spend all your own money, and then the whole yeah. pro forma, the way that you map those businesses, relies on certain right. amounts of revenue coming in. And even in a restaurant, yeah. I'm guessing, I mean, from what I've heard, I mean, the margins aren't huge anyway. Like, I mean, you have no. to stay in operation and run efficiently.
3: Yeah, a couple and, of years before you know, yeah. sure to start making well, money. You know, well, you know? I'll, tell, I'll tell you what, what's crazy, man. So to kind of, like, just I'll try to wrap it up as fast as I can with the story. But no, no, not at all, best- man. Fired with, up. With us going through all this trouble and everything, man, we you know we we opened the place with no working capital, man. You need working capital, so we wound up taking a, a few high interest loans from you know these 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 the, the, the con artists, basically, you know these uh, you know lending houses, you know where they they're based out of Utah, where they don't have certain caps and they can only charge this much much interest. Where we were getting like you know thirty percent interest. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. So, and you know, they're doing daily polls and it just got to be to a point as well as this place was doing, man, because the place was doing great, man. It's a famous pink staircase, all this stuff, man. All these, you know, there's a hotspot in Buffalo, won awards for last year for the Spree Awards, man. And, you know, best new hotspot, all this stuff. And we were doing great, but the amount of money the, the polls they were doing on a daily and a weekly were crazy. To the point where we got to we we got so caught up that we actually had to file chapter eleven. Now everybody's wow. like, oh, filing chapter eleven, that means you're closing your doors. No, 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 no. It doesn't. No. It's just a reorganization of, of of everything within these moving parts. And it puts a halt on all of the debt that you've collected, these, these you know debt collectors from these companies yeah. coming after you, taking money, and all of a sudden we had working capital. We had like you know, fifty grand in working capital and a plan that was worked out crazy to be set up for success. And then all of a sudden, boom! Like Jesus. literally four days later, the coronavirus hits. No uh, way! We'll yeah, that quit. Oh my God, <laughs> oh, dude. So that's why we didn't get any of the, PP, the, any of the PPP loans or any of that. You know, we go online, uh, we'd be applying. It says, have you filed chapter 11 yep, yep, um, yep. in the past 18 months? Yes. yes. We click yes, all of a sudden the screen a pop-up good. happens. Uh, yep. You are ineligible for any PPP loans. Uh, and we were like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? So that's why we did the GoFundMe. And when I say to go read the GoFundMe, man, and don't just sit, sit back and say, oh, this is bullshit. Read what's up there, man, because it, it, there's, a, there's a story behind this, man. And the money that we, we raised so far, 11000 you know, we put a very high cap man. We put $75,000 just because all these restaurants were doing that, too. Um, but, you know we raised $11,696, something like that. And all that money is doing is it's going towards keeping the doors open, like basically paying rent, paying our gas bill, paying our electric bill, paying our, you know, our insurance, you know, paying all these things and getting monies or, and, or food to our, um, to our employees. And also, being able to purchase more food so we could feed the front lines because we did we, we fed the front lines a few times, man, which is really cool. thing. See? feels really yep. good to do that, man. You know, we awesome. we, we helped with the, the, the VA hospital and we helped out uh, another uh, hospital here to a friend. And it was it's like, awesome. it, it feels really good to be able to do that. We wanted to continue to do that, man. You know, want to keep the doors open. We want to keep our employees like living and fed. Yeah. And we want to be able to feed the, the front lines. And we've been able to do that because of that, which is great, man. You know, so we've been able to like, each month, you know, okay, we're able to, we got through this month, great, okay, we got through that month, but you know, now we're at this, uh, the, the stretch here where it's like, ooh, dang, uh, we got to pay rent, and when, and oh, Holy we got to pay the bank loan, and when, yep. and we got to pay the insurance, because in order for the chapter 11 to keep up, and for you to be protected, and doing the right thing, and following the rules, you have to have your insurance, you have to stay up on that bank loan, sure. no matter what, those two things need to be, need to happen. And you know, and we've been doing it, man, with these pop-ups where all of a sudden what we try to do is have a brewery come out because Buffalo is booming right now as far as, like, being a hip town and cool place. Tons of breweries, tons of distilleries, craft cocktail places. So we get in, in tons of amazing food, man. Um, so we get, like, a brewery to come out, and then we get a food truck to come out. And we do, cool. like, a one, one-stop shop, you know. Um, come and, you know, support three local businesses all at once. And, and it was great, man, because they come to us, and they get mixed drinks because we can push for mixed drinks uh, i mean we can sell our mixed drinks now to go which is usually oh, illegal cool. but yeah it's illegal the, yeah yeah you know governor cuomo said hey you know what screw that man you guys need to make money somehow yeah. you're now they're able doing that to in, in, yeah they're doing that in bars in, in new york city as well you can go up to yeah. bars yep. and get drinks to yeah. go. absolutely totally yeah. and actually one thing that we're doing right now man is we are uh pushing for in legislation that they june 27th that all ends it all stops you're not going to be able to sell mixed drinks and to go beers and to go like wine i think you can do wine it's but in a couple of it, it all, yeah a couple of weeks so we're we're pushing you know with petitions and such and so forth to actually extend this um, extend for another two years oh, you wow. know and and that's the thing if you can extend it for another couple of years man that will really help out these small businesses like like crazy man you know what i mean it, that's a way for them to keep their doors open no absolutely so, yeah man you know so it, it's you know we'll see what happens here man we're, we're hoping it, it pushes through fingers crossed but um you know you never know man people are a little negative on it and talking about like oh yeah so you can give somebody a mixed drink and have them drive off in their car drinking a drink no we give it to them sealed in a sealed container I mean, yes, just like any, any place else. They go to a liquor store, they buy a bottle, they can crack that yeah. bottle on the way yeah. out. Well,
2: that's that's the responsibility of the patron at that point. You know what I mean? Absolutely. 100%. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yo, dude, just because yeah. you're getting a drink to go like that, you know you can't yeah. get it to the car and start drinking it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, wait till you exactly. Get to your destination, you know that. Like, that's on the exactly. patron. So, exactly. If, if and people want to you- make this work, it works both ways, right? The people right. got to yep. understand, hey, you got to follow rules just like you have to follow. Right.
0: So exactly. Well, and Johnny's
1: right. Like, I mean, it's the same scenario. You can just go and get alcohol anywhere. And if you're going to break the rule you can drink it on the way home if you're going to drink it on the way home so right yeah mm-hmm.
2: i mean you, you and, don't and, go you to know, the liquor store now buy a bottle and then go to the car and right it open right so don't do yeah. that now you know
3: what mm-hmm. i mean exactly exactly and the thing right? is this so. too man people are like well why don't they just go to a liquor store and buy themselves a bottle well because they they miss going to their favorite watering hole yeah. like here in buffalo man we got a lot of places that have awesome craft cocktails man that you're not going to get at anywhere else except that place like for us for instance We're huge, you know. We're a uh, Japanese-themed restaurant, and we have um, we 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 have tons of Japanese whiskey that you can't really get anywhere else. So people want to come here and be able to get one of our cocktails that they're not going to be able to get anywhere else. And especially like we have this 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 thing called the Toki Highball Tower. So a highball is a classic drink. It's just soda water and whiskey with a lime twist. And the Japanese took that and perfected it years ago and made this uh, machine which basically chills the Toki to a very low temperature. So it's super cold. And they, they, they have this tower, that this compression of, this, of the air that gives out more bubbles, like carbonation, than you would get, like, a thousand times more than what you'd get off a gun for, a, like, a Pepsi. You know what wow. I mean? So it's super refreshing. <laughs> it's, like a, it's, like, it's, it's like a whiskey soda champagne because it's so effervescent, man. Wow. And I'll tell you what, man, it's, it's crazy because everybody who tries it freaks out about it. And one buddy who's helped us with the construction on this place that we had to call in because the other guy screwed us. Him and his buddies all work construction all around here, working on the big buildings. He brought, like, four of them in to, to get lunch one Friday when they got the paychecks. They were done by, like, 2 o'clock. And they were all starting to sip these highballs. They were raving. Did they all had, like, I'm like, eight of them each. And then next week, man, there was eight of them there. And then the following week, there were 16 of them there. You know what I mean? And they nice. they were coming on the regular, man, because they love it, man. And they would, they'd go home, and they'd, like, get some soda water, and, and they buy a bottle of Toki, and, you know, they try to make it, and they're like, oh, man, it's the Toki lowball. So they started <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> calling call it the Toki, Toki lowball instead of the, 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 the highball.
2: <laughs> well, people got to understand, too, part of that is, you know, it's the social thing, right? Like If is, you, know, if you could is. go to the liquor store just sit home and make your own drinks, there'd be a nation of alcoholics right now. <laughs> yeah. what you know So, like, dude, <laughs> well, you know? Yeah, totally.
1: Well, and you got to have, you know, you got to have oh, yeah, six or boy, seven different you gotta have a whole bunch of different products to be able to make some of these drinks, right? Like you're not gonna have a whole fucking shelf yeah. full of
3: you know, the point it's social. I mean, yeah, I mean here's the thing. This this drink you're showing right now, that uh that's a, uh, you got a stag from the, the, the Instagram. Um so that's the uh the Miami noise. Oh actually, thanks, Jay. Jay just made me a Toki Highball.
2: Oh look at that. There you go.
3: <laughs> yeah. Look at that. <laughs> you heard us talking. But well, that drink right there, man. That, that comes from, we have this, we have a drink here called a Frosé, and it's a frozen rosé, and it has a strawberry, um, it has a strawberry simple syrup um, added to the Frosé. And it's amazing, although everybody loves it, male, female, doesn't matter. Everybody loves that, that Frosé. So we took the Frosé, we took um, so, some of the constant lemon, lemon juice and uh, some mints. That thing is so refreshing, man. We've already sold a bunch today.
0: That's nice. awesome. Nice. Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah, man. So it's uh, and this right here is what the Toki Highball is. I don't know if you can really see that. Of, yeah, no. Those look at bubbles, that. man, is just like.
1: So even if you do, even if you're not like a brown liquor guy, it seems yeah. like that's like a totally different this kind of is, thing.
3: I mean, look at how clear it is, man. Yeah. First yeah. of all, hey Jay, can you hand me the bottle of Toki? <clears throat> do we have a loose bottle of Toki back there? I don't even drink in that. I just so, sip of that thing. So you look at drink, it. So, you so drink this. So so this is the Toki, This is the Toki whiskey, man. So this whiskey is very light in color. It's a blended whiskey. It's not dark like a bourbon or a rye usually are. So okay. it's even lighter within the glass. And the first time, so we're so this Toki highball tower, man, it, it's like a $6,000 machine. And we are one of maybe 80 to 100 um, bar or restaurants in the United States that have them. You see them all over the place in Japan. But in the States, we're like one of like 100. That's awesome. So, the brand, the global brand manager, the dude who does, does Suntory Toki whiskey in the United States, the head of it, lives in New York City and in Japan, came out for the grand opening of having the, the unveiling of the Toki Tower, man. Oh, nice. Oh, it was super eh? cool, yeah, it was awesome. So when we first were setting it up, it looked so light in color, and I like, I'd sip it like, I'm like, hero, I don't really taste a whole heavy lot of whiskey. He said, "Well, first of all, you guys are Americans. You like everything big and strong and <laughs> super size. Yeah. He's like, "But this is an exact one and a half ounce shot. This is the way it's supposed to taste. This is why it's so popular. This is why nice. this drink from that tower is such a special thing." Huh? So you got
1: to be having the only one in New York State, even if there's only a hundred in the um, country.
3: We are the only one. We are the only bar and restaurant outside of New York City that yeah. has. Yeah, the, I figure. It so. We're one of, I think, maybe four or five in New York State. New York City has like four yeah. or five of them.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't realize he's the same. They did considered that for New show, York State. But I'm
3: gonna, I'm gonna drink this because it's a pleasure. Yeah, go to it. <laughs> fuck yeah. Why have yep. it go to
1: waste? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be here blazing. <laughs> so nice. fun. nice, right on, man.
2: That's awesome. That's so, awesome. Hey, so let's, let's, uh. Let's get into the art then real quick. Yeah, Dave, you want to, you want to start? To get, got well, actually, about I, I got PR.
1: one more question on the restaurant. Like what? Okay. Ori- what
3: originally? There you it? go. That's a Tokyo highball. Oh, wow. Oh, look at that's that. That's a tower.
2: Uh, wow,
1: what originally, cool, what, where'd the idea originally come from? Um, and like what started the whole restaurant concept and, you know, execution there? Like where, what made As you want to start a like, restaurant? What made you well, want to do so- it?
3: Well, I'll tell you what, man. You know, I've been in the restaurant business as long as I've been playing music. And oh wow! My 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 fifteenth birthday. I lived a couple blocks from this bar that my uncle just opened up with, with for friends of his. And um, he called me up, and he was my godfather too. So none of my aunts and uncles really got me presents. They'd you know send me cards and stuff. But my, my uncle Mike was my godfather, so he always got me presents on my birthday. He called me up on my fifteenth birthday and said, Hey Johnny, get your ass down to the bar. I got you a present. Happy birthday. I got you a present. I'm like running down there, man. I'm like, oh my God, what did Uncle Mike give me? Did he give me like a basketball, a new pair of kicks? Like, what did he give me? I walk into the place. I'm like, hey, Uncle Mike. He says, hey, Johnny, happy birthday. (sighs) Right in my face goes an apron. He says, happy birthday. I got you a job. I'll get in the back and start washing dishes. I'm like, oh, fuck is this, man? No way, man. I don't want to work washing dishes, <laughs> This sucks, man. So, you know, I'll tell you what, man, after a week of like doing four shifts at like, you know, six to eight hours a shift, he comes up to me because, you know, i was technically off the of books at, at 15. um, And he comes in with this little manila envelope and he slips it in my pocket as I'm washing dishes. And he says, good job, buddy, your first paycheck. And then, you know, when I go to take a break, I pull it out. It's like, I don't know, 84 bucks or something like that. But at 15 years old, I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, I'm yeah, you're worth a million Yeah, Oh, shit, man. I was thinking, all I got to do is put on my headphones, listen to, like, Spire and you know what I mean? And, like, it's like, this is crazy. Yes, I, I love it. So I, I wound up working my way through the kitchen, you know, after doing dishwashing went the prep cook, and I went to fry cook, I went to, the, to be a line cooker and-, and, and so Kind of like and a, uh, the Eddie Murphy movie, right? You work your way up in the, the yeah. cowls, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, man. And then my uncle says to me the one night, man, he's like, hey, hey Johnny, he's like, like, I was working a day shift and around like four o'clock, he goes, oh, man. He's like, None, my bar back called off and the other two bar backs can't do it too much. You got a bar back for me, man. I'm like, I don't know how to bar back. He's like, it's easy. You gotta, this is what you gotta do. You gotta clean up the glasses, do the dishes, stock the shelves and change kegs. just make sure all you you just need to make sure the bartenders have everything they need to sell the product i'm like all right and that night i walked out of there with like 125 140 bucks i'm like this is what i make like oh,
0: cool. yeah almost yeah. In, a, in, a, in a week in the kitchen <laughs>
3: so i said go, i want a bar back i want a bar back so i started bar backing and started you know winding up working at different places the one place i was working at bar backing. I was uh, Johnny Goo from the Goo, Goo Dolls. He was, a, he was a bartender, and I was his bar back. And then another place when I was nice. actually bartending, we, uh, r- um, uh, no, no, yeah, I said Johnny Goo, yeah, but Robbie Goo, the DJ, uh, Robbie Goo, the bass player, also DJed at another bar that I worked at. Like, oh, wow. Buffalo was that kind of a place, man. Like, well, yeah, you know I mean? like, Those guys are
2: Buffalo heroes, right? No, oh, dude, they, dude yeah. they,
3: they didn't, they were 15 years on, in the grind in a black band. Oh yeah, fifteen years before that one song "Iris" broke, and what? when they first started out, actually, man, they it's were a like a punk song. rock who kind of vibe, you know? Oh, what I absolutely, mean? dude. Vinnie Sigma, Vinny Sigma yeah. was the guy that
2: put us on the Google Dolls. That's when, crazy, they, right? He was like, "Nah, man, punk buff, you know, Buffalo Punk," and we
3: we're like, "What, yeah. dude? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally, sure as shit, it was <laughs> Buffalo <laughs> Punk, dude." Like, you know yeah, mean? man, so, uh, <laughs> it's awesome. And it, you know, obviously, bands involved man. They, you know, they, they, you know, and good for them, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> They're definitely far from that Buffalo punk vibe, but you know what, man? They they deserve hey, whatever, to be where they, they are. they do their today. thing, man? It's all good. Yeah, man. They, they they stuck it out and did the grind, man. Most people yeah. would have given up and like gotten jobs and gotten married and had kids and called it a day.
1: I mean, they're a modern band that kind of got paid on that song too, right? Do they still get? Oh, paid yeah. Now? Yeah.
3: Oh yeah. Do oh, yeah. so they? I mean, huge, you know, it's yeah. it's it's the thing, man. It's crazy, you know. I was you know sitting in the the, the um, airport in Melbourne, Australia, getting ready to head home. And I'm like, you know, I hear the song Name, their one song. And I'm like, I text Robbie, I'm like, holy shit, man. I'm on my way back to Buffalo right now, and I hear Name coming on in, at the bar in this Australian and you know, Melbourne uh, airport. And it's just like, that's how huge they are. They're all yeah. over the place, man. And yeah. that's the thing. Slayer's just as huge. But yeah. they're not being played on the radio. <laughs> yeah. You
2: know yeah. What I mean? Hey, D- no, Dave's you know, different. Uh, Dave, they, they called me. I turned them down in the last year, twice. Really? Oh, sure. Yeah, Google Goo Dolls. Yeah, I, Cause I just scheduling. I couldn't do it. You know. Right. Yeah, give yeah. up yeah.
1: forever to touch you.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would have did it. I, I would have did it. Totally did. Yeah, I yeah. just it didn't I mean, dude. So I'll tell you what. The super <laughs>
3: like chill dudes, dude. I, dude. Robbie, I didn't realize the they were a Buffalo in, crew. Oh yeah, yeah those guys. Dude, Buffalo. Oh, so cool, Buffalo. Robbie. Guys, man. Robbie still lives in Buffalo, man. Still lives in Buffalo. Johnny lives in in, in L.A. But um, it's Robbie and Johnny, because it was Robbie, Johnny, and George. And then they all had a disagreement, and George left. So it was three-piece, always. Um, the drummer they've had, they've had for a long long time now. And now they have, like, some, some keys, a key player. And then they have another guitarist as well, backup guy. But the two main guys, Robbie and Johnny. So Robbie still lives in Buffalo, man, and he still supports Buffalo. He does this thing called MIA every year, which is Music is Art. And what that does is it raises funds for, like, music... Um, in schools and it's like a festival yeah. it's a one day festival man He has all it's a huge dude massive man all these it's like going to a, a european festival show with all the different sure. stages That's awesome. and the main stage and all the. but it now included in it is all these different art stages as well and it's just That's a one day cool. thing but it's just like a, a lot of the proceeds go to you know putting music into these schools man and That's programs cool. for this school. You know. so, so yeah when did you what,
2: so let's talk when did you get into like like when did you get into music when the music take over?
1: yeah like if you started if, if you were doing uh restaurant stuff as long was it early teens then that got yeah, you started oh, to play
3: you know and probably was even early earlier than, well maybe like you know 13 14 like 12 13 14 i forget man um there's a kid who lives across the street who was a drummer and we had a friend that had a, he was a guitarist you know um that is Byron's dad's amp and stuff. We'll bring it over to Bobby's house, the drummer. And then I garbage picked this old deuce, old 335 hollow body that had flat wound strings on it. Okay. And it only had the low four. So oh, wow. I go over, I'm like, hey, I got a guitar. I can play guitar too. And, and um, you know, Mike was like, no, dude, no. You're gonna play bass. And he put, he, he put me into this other amp that he had and he turned the treble all the way down put the bass (laughs) all the way up and he's like just follow me with single notes man play with your finger or a pick but follow me and play single notes man and so i was like i became like the bass player we'd like suicidal tennis yeah suicidal tendencies covers, shit like that you know what i mean (laughs) that's messing around what year was that that? you know god i'm not good with (laughs) years but i would say it was probably around when i was 13 years old i'm 48 right now so kind of do the math i guess (laughs) um but then you know mid 80s yeah. So I I, I kind of stepped away from it a little bit as far as like moving forward with like bands. Because I got really heavily into skateboarding and was like, you know, skateboarding, smoking pot, drinking, chasing chicks kind of thing. You know, I was carefree. I wasn't like concentrating on doing like, you know, doing sure. these bands and, and stuff sure, like sure. that. But then I would say sure. after uh, when I got to be about, I don't know, man maybe 17, 17 years old, I'd say. I can't even tell you exactly what, what year it was, but um, buddy of mine let me borrow *Youth Today Break Down the Walls* album, and I, and I borrowed a bass from him. I came back, and I didn't borrow the album, I had the album. He let me borrow his bass. I came back, to give him the bass, and I just put on the album. I started playing along with every song. He's like, and this is a dude who's been playing bass for years, man. He's like, dude, <laughs> you know how to play every fucking song, and really well. He's like, you got a fucking talent, dude. You got an ear, dude. You 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 can't learn an ear. You you have you're born yeah, with it or that's not. True. man. Sure. He's like, holy shit, dude. You don't understand what's happening. You, you got to pick up the bass. You got to play. I'm like, okay, shit. So and at that time he was moving out of bass. That's why I was able to borrow his bass, get into guitar. Got it. So and then we started jamming together, and and then that's when I was going in and out with uh, the Buffalo hardcore band called Zero Towers, which was okay. uh, a big. Big band in the, in the day that like Sick sure. took under their wing, sure, sure, yep yep. On, a a few, yep, yep, went on, a few, yep, went a few tours with Sick Model, went on a few tours with like Outface. So check this out. So you know Derek from Sepultura, yep, um, the singer from Sepultura, and Charlie who played in Sid, the guitarist for Sid. Remember Charlie, man with the police block oh, yeah. there, oh yeah. So both of them were in this band called Confronts and Zero Tolerance. Used to tour with Confronts, but from Cleveland. Yeah, the fucking yeah, crazy, was, right? Derek's original hardcore band, that's right. Yeah, small world, man, right? Yeah. I mean, we used to all play together, and then, now, then I started playing in Cavalera Conspiracy, which is Max and Igor Cavalera from Sepultura, yep. and, you know, we, we actually, Derek and I reconnected, and we're like, wow, how weird is this, man? Both of us are just like hardcore kids, and I'm, <laughs> I'm singing for Sepultura, and you're playing bass in Cavalera Conspiracy. It's like, it's a tricky <laughs> yeah. man, you know
2: what I mean? I was, I actually <laughs> did, um I was out with VOD, and we, we were on the first US tour that Derek did as as a singer for Sepultura. Oh, no doubt. Right? So, yeah, yeah that this was like cool. in 98, I think it was. So, yet, yeah. Well, and Derek was still living, I think Derek was still living in New York at the time, too, man. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was. He was in New yeah. York, you know what I mean? So, yeah. He's and kids, in, uh, he's in LA now. So,
1: kids today yeah. learning bass can't appreciate what it took to be able to play a bunch of songs like that circa 1985, 1986. Right. Cause there was no like what tablature existed was only in a book and you had to buy those. It was normally wrong, right? Like even when it was, approved by the artist it's not like it a still analyst. was off yeah no Dude, it's not like any of those artists really read through it and made sure everything was tabbed hundred yeah. percent like i mean Dude, so now you can, can't you can slow do- shit down you couldn't do any of that right. crap right exactly. like and if you were yeah. slowing it down it was all out of pitch and now there's like <laughs> oh, a fucking yeah. an app <laughs> on your ipad right and it's like no nope, yep. i wanted at oh, 25 yeah. speed yep. it's still perfectly uh-huh. in pitch i can sit there yeah. and just go
3: slow it's- along with it <laughs> It's fucking crazy. It's crazy now, man. You can just Google any song and you can find the tablature. But, you know, it's, yeah. it's nuts. It's amazing. I, I, and even, even with me, man, over the years after I got on the whole hardcore thing after I was in L.A. and everything like that, which is a huge jump, um, you know, we can fill in all, all the other stuff later if you want. But when, even when I was doing these gigs, man, I never did tab. I always wanted to do it the old way, man. And how I, how I would learn a song is I would have the music, whether it was CD or then later on in life, it was on your phone or an iPod or your phone. And I would, and I would have that music um, on headphones that were muffs like that. And then I would take my bass, I would have this little plug-in, man, that Box made. You, you've seen them. Yep. I know yep. you've seen one. Yep. And then so. that, that you, you, you can plug your, your headphones into and like, like little buds like this. So I take the bass and have the bass in the little buds. Then I have the song over on the muffs and I would mix in the music together where I could hear myself predominantly with that other man that's how I learned songs man. Wow. and I remember man getting gigs where I'd have to like you know I was actually when I was in New York City a friend of mine Justin Hirschman who's from Buffalo but it, he was booking bands like Soulfly and actually like Nas and Shakira and stuff like that a partner of his that he works with also was doing um, um and he said the bass player might not work out I mean this is on the demo he handed me a demo when I was in New York City, I was bartending at the whiskey well, What park. band was that? You cut out for a second. Oh, Lincoln Park. Oh, you okay. know, this little band that nobody knew about. He had a demo on a CD. Uh, I, I'm
0: glad
1: you got, went back there, Warren. Yeah. <laughs> like, <'cause> that... <laughs>
3: <laughs> but I, I remember, dude, I went home that night. He said, we're not sure what's going to happen, but I'll call you in the morning. So just let me know. Uh, I'll let you know what happens in the morning, if the bass player staying or not, because I'm getting a call from the management. So I went home I took that CD dude and I stayed up man just like like learning 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 for like 4 hours man learned the whole like you know 10 11 songs that was I mean it's very simple stuff anyways you know um but you know it's just like one of those things where that's how I learned, man you I know mean, I I I, just, I was kicked back you know
1: so no put it, put formal training headphones. even after? Um... No
3: formal training.
0: Okay.
1: Wow, then, so no just formal... natural
3: by ear, dude. That's cool. Yeah, man. No, and you know, I'm kind of bummed out, man. I never actually pursued that, that formal training because I had a friend who was the head electrician. On. He, he, he does a lot of touring plays. I, when We were out in New York City. And he called me up. And he was like, oh, dude. He's like, please tell me you know how to read um, music. I'm like, oh, not really. I don't. He was like, shit. I'm like, why? He's like, well, they just fired the bass player. He was working on Grease, the touring gig with Grease. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, man. Dude. dude. I'm like, yo, my ear is good, dude. I'll learn that shit quick, man. Sure. I swear to yeah. God. I'll learn it quick. He's like, no, dude. He's like, I'll, I'll ask the guy. I'm really good friends with the, the orchestrator. I'll ask him, the music director. I'll ask him, but I, I don't think he's going nah, to allow No, dude. Not for something yeah. like that. You yeah. got to have Yeah. You gotta yeah. Because so well, they, they need to be able maybe. to
1: change stuff really quickly. right? Yes. Yeah, head head. absolutely. Yeah. You know,
3: 100%. your thing in front of you with your notes and all that. Like, yeah, 100%. And then uh, I'm like, okay, well, how much was the gig have paid me? He's like, I don't want to tell you that. I'm like, why? He's like, Cause you're going to kill yourself. <laughs> He's like, it's a six figure, six-figure job. You're going to work six months out of the year and you're going to make salary for oh, six months. You know I mean? like, oh, what a kick uh, in
1: the nuts. Oh, dude, dude. And I
3: was like, oh, God damn it. Can I quickly go and learn how to read? <laughs> you <laughs> know what I mean? It's like, it was, yeah, you know, well, because I mean, your
1: bass the, clef, there's not as many, you know, it's not as complicated.
3: Right? Yeah. You no, know, it's only four strings. Yeah. The you bass is buried up. anyways. There's, a, there's just
1: as many notes. Like, nobody really yeah. gets it. Somebody said that I to know, me right. the other day. They were like, well, bass is easier, right? There's only four strings. Yeah. I was like, dude, there's just as many notes, you
3: yeah. silly, you silly band. And, and, yeah. and especially if you're talking about playing in bands that are like, you know, some of these bands, like, you know, that are just all over the place. It's just like, you know, that bass player. I'm looking at some of these bass players. I'm like, holy shit, dude.
1: What's, like, like, the most technical are, band you played in as far as, like, challenging well, technically to play?
3: Well, I'll tell you what, man. You know what? Technically challenging, I would have to say, you know, Cavalier Conspiracy, like, and Soulfly. The reason why is just hear me out on this. A lot of that's just, like, so easy. Roots is just, like, two notes, the main riff. Bow, like, a open, close, no. yeah, open, open, open one, open, open, open one. Man, man. Bow, bow, yes. bow, bow, <laughs> bow, 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 So, yeah, woo, you know what I mean? But then there's some other stuff. With the Cavalera conspiracy stuff, where I would have to be Mark Rizzo. I don't know if anybody out there knows who Mark oh, yeah. Rizzo is, but oh, yeah. he's, a Jer- he's a Jersey boy that shreds, Shredded. man. Shreds, oh God. I mean, his, his 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 galloping like game is beyond on point. So I would have to, at certain points, you know, Max would grab the mic and be like doing a song, but still be playing, but just kind of hitting the. The, you know, the ones and stuff like that, root yeah. notes, yep. but it needed to have a chug, a full chug, a full band chug with it. So that's when I really developed like the tone that I was playing with, very top heavy with a lot of mid growl and a lot of bass, but I had to have that top heavy crunch because I was doing that. you know what I mean. It was I had to do that with Rich instead of doing sure, sure, sure. You had to fill it in. You had to fill it in. And and that especially happened with Soulfly because a lot of that those those newer albums Mark had a lot to do with the riffing. You know what I mean with the writing of the riffing and all this gallop that he would do because he's you know he's a master of the man. So it was like it got to a point, man, where when i be you know before we go on stage. I, I, for at least an hour to an hour and a half, I'm stretching my body and I'm stretching my hands by just, whether I just yeah, up and down yeah, the neck yeah. or it's actually playing the songs. A lot of times I would play these songs and I had my headphones on. And I remember at one point, man, I had a couple guys when we were playing a festival, you know how it is, man, it's cubicles with no tops. You can always hear what the next dressing room is. Oh doing yeah, on. yeah, yeah, And I was yeah. sitting there playing and I was playing on a little practice amp. And I forget what band the guy was at. Some some crazy European metal band, man. And he comes, he's like, whoa, dude, playing bass doing that shit. He's like, the fucking galaxy are a point, man. It's just like that's because <laughs> I was just like, because when I was with Mark Rizzo, Mark Rizzo, all Mark Rizzo does, man, we're on tour, motherfucker works out, eats, oh, nuts, yes. and dude. he fucking plays guitar.
2: That's <laughs> all I got is. a point. I got a great Mark Rizzo story, real quick. So OzFest, the first OzFest that they he was still in yes. El Nino, right? Yeah. I mean, oh, were, yeah. You go and that bus was like party. You know, you, it was nice. just a constant party. And he would yep. be outside the bus every day, working out and just working out. playing guitar. Jamming. Every yep. day. Like, you could That's tell, like, do, he's not like the rest of those guys. He's like, right. dude, he was just uh, honed Focus, in on his shit, bro. Yep. Yeah. And he's still like so, that to this day.
3: So. Oh, totally, man. Totally. So I remember, like, what, like before I got the gig with Cavalera and Soul Soulfly, man, Um, Mark and I were friends. I, he actually had this band called Committee of 13 with um, Roger. He used to play percussion in El Nino. Yep, but Roger. Then... Um, um, but it was. It was actually maybe it was Cortez. I'm sorry, not committee of thirteen. It was Cortez. It was a short-lived thing for me. Mark got the Soul Flight gig within like a week of me getting in the band. I remember. Um, I remember that. I remember all that. Right. Yep. But he, uh, him, and I stayed good friends, man. And so when when they're like, you know, I'm out with these guys. I don't know these guys. Like honestly, man, it was crazy. It was like, I don't know, a week, two weeks before. We go on tour with uh, my first tour, my ever meeting Cavalier Conspiracy. I just had phone conversation with Gloria and Max. Um, um, sent me music, sent me the CD. We meet up, we have a three hour jam. And then we go on, on stage at the Electric Food Festival in uh, Madrid, Spain, in front of 30,000 people. That was my, that was my, like, <laughs> <that was my, laughs> hey, how you doing? And Max, we're walking to the stage. He's like, you think you got this? Holy people, holy shit, you know bro. what I mean? So, so it was, it was before that, you, you had really only done like clubs, right? Yeah, man, you know, well, you know so I was in this, so, so basically my career went from playing in Zero Tolerance to like a few different Buffalo bands. I shortly moved out, I moved out of Buffalo when I was about 19 years old, moved to New York City, and I had this band, it was a hardcore band, it was called Super Fat, and we were all moving to New York City to kind of make this happen, but me and the guitarist moved first before the singer moved. And we're gonna find a drummer in New York City, and then the singer never moved. Guitarist went nuts, man. Like missing home, drinking one night, put his hand through a window, cut himself bad, moved back home. I stayed, man, <laughs> and I moved into the H2O house in Jersey City, and so I'm okay. living in the H2O house in Jersey City with all the every every, every band member, man. I moved to New York City with five hundred dollars, and when I first got there, I had to give three hundred and fifty to that to, uh, to to Toby for rent, and uh, you know I'm, I'm left with a buck fifty. And no job prospects, no band prospects because these guys are <laughs> no. boning out. And Toby hits me up the one day. He was out in the city. I think he had just moved in with Moon, maybe, over on seventeenth, right by uh, McSorley's man. Yeah, he's yeah, McSorley on seventh. Yep. Seventh, seventh, seven, that's what it was. Yep. So um, he hits me up, he's like, Yo, this guy Gavin, remember the band Burn? He's like, He's got this band, it's called Pry, and he needs a bass player he's like, you should check it out. I'm like, well, I really want to keep trying to find, like, other players from my city. He's like, dude, this is Gavin from Burn, And I hadn't heard of Burn, but I didn't know Byrne. Like, oh, Burn. like, yeah, Burn's like, a big, thing. huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't realize that. Because I was in Buffalo, man. Burn was sure, sure. extremely huge in New York City, but even still, even further. But anyways, it was, I was my ignorance, you know what I mean? So I'm like, okay, cool, man. You know what? I'll check it out. Let's see what happens. So I call up Gavin. Gavin's like, all right, man, cool. Why don't you come down to the fucking music building? You remember the music building, 38th? Oh, AM? yeah, um, um, that's where Madonna rehearsed the Mavis, yeah, exactly, that's exactly. 25th of life,
2: Truth, everybody Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's
3: amazing. It, the place is like, should be like a historical landmark at this point. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but so I go and jam with, with him and this drummer, Jim Jafalka, And we just kind of jammed a couple songs. We didn't have, he didn't send me anything to learn or anything. We just kind of jammed. It was, that my ear is good for because i can just you know give me a drum beat give me a guitar line and i can just start playing some shit to you and the end of like you know a couple hours of jam and gavin's like all right cool man sounds good man well i think you're in um by the way i'm going to, I'm, I'm leaving tomorrow morning for 30 days to go kickboxing in uh las vegas so you and jim get together and jam i'm like what jam what <laughs> wait you're leaving and you want me and the drummer to get together and jam jam what he didn't really have any songs or there. he did have some starts of some songs but then Jim and I just started getting together and dude this motherfucker was a beast man and we just connected you know that bass player drummer connection rhythm where section, you dude. just oh, yeah. yeah that rhythm section we just locked in dude and we would he, he would come up with these beats like and, I'd be like, and we were just jamming dude and we were like Gavin came back we're like yo you got all these riffs and Gavin came in and slayed these fucking crazy very chordal he's got these very eerie airy chordal type fucking chord like chord playing man he's he's got a very unique style and dude that was that was killer man I'm so glad I did that, and I wasn't yo. I want to start my own band. I got my yeah. own band. super Well, how bad. great you is <laughs> it? How great is it now that in
2: Stone Sour you're playing with another New York guy now, right? Yes.
3: You know what I mean? Yo, of, and that's New York, and right? That's, so that is, how that is, that is, how how is great. does that work out, dude? Dude, I was I was I always talk about this in the winter. Whenever Roy and I do interviews, Roy Miorga, drummer Stone Sour, corner rated Queens. Roy,
2: Roy Miorga, drummer Stone Sour. He also played in Thorn. He's a, like a staple New York guy. He did audio yep. at Wetlands. He, you know, he's a, he's a New he York was, guy. He was,
3: so. he was the mayor of New York, man. Because, yeah. you know what, he was not down. Like, I mean, Roy was like, at, at like I think, 15, 16, playing in Nausea, playing drums in Nausea. Yeah. Yep, he played which, Nausea. He was a crust punk band. And then he went up, I mean, you he, can go down the line from Shelter to, to uh, Ozzy Osbourne to Sepultura. to like, he's played in everything, man. So, but Roy was the mayor of New York because he was at Wetlands, he was at CB's. he was at Brownies, oh, yeah. he was at, you know, yep. every single, there CB, yeah. yeah, there he is, man. And OG New York guy, dude. So I remember, I remember dude. Him when
2: he was mixing shows at Wetlands. He was,
3: uh, yeah, exactly. Remember he had those long red and black threads? Oh, yeah. I think that's when he played in that band, Forms at the time, right? So. Yes, that's right. And so if, if Roy was working, if you were playing at CB's. And Roy was scheduled to be working, if you're playing CB's Friday night, let's just say, Roy's working at the Wetlands Friday night, you would approach Roy and be like, hey, Roy, how much do we need to give you in order for you to not work at Wetlands and come over to CB's and mix us? You know what I mean? Because he knew those rooms. Every one of them, yeah. he knew he knew the systems, he knew the rooms. Yeah, good- he would make the shittiest band sound amazing. Yeah, well, pe- people don't know, uh, the two audio guys at
2: CB's used to be Roy Myorga, who plays in Stone Sour now, and Tommy yep. Punk, right? So, <laughs>
3: yeah. That's right. You know what I mean? So totally. Yeah. Those used to be the engineers. And you go there. Yeah. And you're Like, oh, that Tommy Cromm mixing the show. Cool. Like, yeah. Uh, today, you know. Like you knew. You knew. No yeah. matter who was playing, they were sounding
2: amazing. Yeah. It was just, but uh, CB's and- also had a really. It's dude. That room sounded amazing,
3: bro. That, oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Dude, it was it was a dump of a place, but that room sounded amazing. Yeah, it sounded great. So. Oh yeah, yeah for sure, man. I remember at certain points, man. You'd be standing at CB's, and you'd be right next to your buddy, and you're the exact same height, and I'd be like, uh, almost like. Six inches to a foot shorter than he was because I'm standing in a ditch because of all the layers of <laughs> flooring that they had down and wore out, CBGB's man. was the most
2: classic punk rock fucking venue in it the totally world, was. and it sucks that it's not there
3: anymore. I know. Yeah, John Barbados family. is in oh, there or dude. some shit. Or NYU yeah. has it now. Alley,
2: which is cool, but it's like, dude, you don't like, dude, the police started there. Madonna played there. Like, you know, the whole. The Ramones. You know, scene came out of there. You know what I mean? Like, oh, dude, it was. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, dude, think about in the 80s, 90s, how many lives that place saved, right? All the people, oh, all the yeah. kids would go there going to show. Oh, this yeah. Summer. In
3: the streets, you know what I mean? So, one hundred percent, man, one hundred percent, and for the most part, man, it was it was a brotherhood community, like you know, brotherhood, uh, yeah, sisters, whatever community, you know. Yeah, man, you know. And i we had to have met at one point then, Johnny. We must I'm, have I'm, met. I'm, I'm telling you, man, because I moved. I moved like to, that, you know what I mean, back then.
2: Yeah, right? man. So. I
3: moved to New York when it was when it was like. Uh, yeah, man. So I mean, it was like one of those things when I moved there, man.
2: Thanks. It was just
3: like in god, god, god damn i can't even figure out what year it was man but i was like 19 years old man i was there for about 13 years and i was lucky enough to still be able to see like the Mags play with like you know um i forget with harley, who and, john. It was. Yeah, with harley and john man um you know it was it, it, it was such an amazing movement man I, I i tell people all the time i was so lucky yeah. to grow up in the hardcore scene man yep where it was such a it, it, you know, like, people say all the time, man, I love this, man. People are like, oh, my first concert was, like, ACDC at the Forum. Or, you know, here in Buffalo, my first concert was, like, you know, Motley Crue at the Memorial Auditorium with 30,000 people and you're sitting in nosebleeds. To me, that there's nothing more further away than, like, like trying to be a rock star, that's so far away. It's unattainable. It's oh, unattainable. Yeah. I could never do that. That's some rock star shit. But my first show, I went in, it was a fucking... An orthodox church fucking um, whatever the part where they have their bazaars and stuff. Not the church itself, but the like little kitchen area or whatever the fucking area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pantry area. or whatever, yeah. Pantry, exactly, off the side. And, and there, were, there was no stage. And motherfuckers are slamming into each other. And, yeah. and you know, they're sweating <laughs> on you because you're so close. And you're like, oh, shit, I can do this. You know what I mean? I can pick up a base and See, like this shit, man. You know? Sure. It seems achievable. And that's yeah, yep. why it was cool. It made you, it gave you, gave you confidence to be able well, to yeah. like, want to pick up an instrument, man. I can't pick up that guitar. Listen to that guy. He's said yep. you know Well, the best I mean? thing, like oh. Dave, growing up in New York, like when there was a the
2: period when Agnostic Front was broken <laughs> up, you could go to any random hardcore show and see Stigma and Roger just yeah. hanging out.
3: Hanging out. You know what I you know mean? Mean? Yeah.
2: mean? You yeah. catch rabies yeah. at every show, right? Or you every go to show. the Ritz oh, yeah. and you see rabies doing security at the metal shows. Like so yeah. it was like, dude,
3: right. like,
2: we're, you know what I mean? It was definitely for a kid that was looking. I went that route too. I started with, you know, more of the the bigger metal bands or whatever. And then when I discovered hardcore, it was like, holy shit, like these guys are right here. Well, it was the same
1: kind of thing for even some of the, you know, what became bigger thrash bands, right? When they started, when we first started seeing Metallica shows and and the clips of Slayer shows and stuff in Cali, it was small clubs and it was dudes that looked like us, you know, with really long hair and just playing incredibly fast. And you know yeah. they were great players so That's, some yeah. of some they, of it was like oh own, shit sure. you got to sit and fucking play to be able to any, get that good any but any place you know. that has
2: yeah. like a good solid scene is going to have a growth of good bands coming out of it like you know Bay Area yeah. right look Bay Area thrash right? you you know what i mean Boston yeah. hardcore Absolutely. right so
3: yep.
2: and you know what i love, <clears throat> and then I L- love even LA with with the glam rock right they had the, dude, yeah. they ruled at one Absolutely. point they would that scene you know what i mean oh my
3: god man dude i mean i'll tell you what man that Bay Area thrash mixed with the New York hardcore, that style was such a badass style, man. And Max picked up on, on so much of them. I mean, he was a big part of the thrash. But then when he went on tour, when that changed a little bit is when they did that, remember that tour? It was Sick of It All. Napalm uh, Death, Sepul- Sacred Reich, Sepultura. It was yes. like New Titans on the Block tour. New Titans on the Block. And okay. that's when I think Max's writing started to turn oh, yeah. a little bit. And, oh, yeah, he, and, he, the, and well, Sick of It All when- really influenced him, man. I want to say that's when
2: uh, Chaos AD came out,
3: and exactly. when Chaos
2: AD came out, that everybody was a, whoa. Came out. Everybody was like, "Dude, they did it! They yeah. did it! They—they they got yeah. the metal part, and they got the right. hard part breakdowns. They actually yep. crossed it over <laughs> and did it." So when you God. went to a Sepultura show, when they played New York, you'd yep. look in the crowd, and it was fifty-fifty, skinheads,
3: harp, in, and metalheads. You know what I mean? Metalheads, 50, yep, absolutely. Yep. Whereas normally no, you'd go, no. and it'd be
2: like eighty-twenty or whatever, you know? Right. But you went to yeah, a Sepultura totally. show, it was straight up. You, you yeah, every hardcore kid was there. Everyone, yep. you know what I mean? It so, was
3: awesome, man. Yeah. That was such an awesome time, too, at that point, man. That was such a fucking, Those are was a really cool band out right now, man. They just dropped, they've been around for a little bit, I guess, but I just discovered them recently from a good friend of mine. Um, it's got a band called Drain out of uh, out of uh, what Drain. part of California? I want to say SoCal. They have this like, California I I something. The, the album that he sent me was this California something. I, I, I'm on my phone or I'd look it up and send it to you. Yeah, man. yeah. I'll check it out. We'll check it out for sure. Our, so. yeah, yeah. our,
1: our producer's probably already looking it up.
3: I mean, it's got this old school thrash with this old school hardcore breakdowns and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I'm not saying they sound like anything like any particular band, but it's very, like I heard this and it's a brand new album. And I was like, oh shit, this is a brand new album like out in 2020. And I was like, it's very reminiscent of that old school thrash meets hardcore kind of vibe. Yeah, man.
1: So I got yeah, a quick question, error. flashing back to what you said earlier. Any chance you still have that 335 that you started on? With yeah. the
3: first you know what, man? I really wish I did. I fucking garbage picked that thing, man. I really? garbage picked it. Somebody had that in their garbage. It's just wow. crazy, man. You know, they, they, they didn't know what they had. I didn't know what I had.
1: What'd you yeah, do? I mean, you it? never like, do when you? you're a kid. Yeah. Like, you
3: know what, man? I don't know. I moved out of my mom and dad's house and, Sure. It just, you know is it sitting well, in, you know, in go
1: the
2: go attic. Just, yeah.
3: It's gotta no, be sitting I've in an
1: attic there. somewhere.
3: Yeah. Shit. I mean at, at one point, <laughs> man, I had moved back in, you know, and that yeah, that was gone, man. You Yo, know? Every resident um, of Buffalo watching this show, go look for that fucking thing, all right? <laughs> 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 oh shit, that's great, man. That's so right. when did you when did you switch over to Warwick then? So okay, so I did, so I was a Seymour Duncan in Dorsey. And a friend of mine, his, his girlfriend, was one of their, she was working with Seymour Duncan. And they were doing the Music Messy in Frankfurt, Germany, which is basically NAM. Nope. Yeah, NAM in Germany. And, yep. I don't know if, any, if, if nobody out there knows what NAMM is. I forget what it is, North American Music or whatever. National it's Association of Music Merchants. The music trade show. Okay, right? there it is. So, it's it's yeah. just a trade show. So from everybody who makes guitar strings to guitar picks to guitars to drums, drum heads, drumsticks. So basically this is the same thing in, in the European one in uh, Frankfurt, Germany. And she's like, hey, I'm going out there for this. And we need to have, they want to have an artist demo some stuff. Would you be interested if we flew you out there gave you a couple bucks and you went out and did some demoing of, of, of some, some stuff to show off these new, pick, these new pickups that you have in your guitar anyways? And I yeah, well, who wouldn't want to do that? Sure? Yeah. Yes. So at the time I was endorsed with ESP and ESP was <clears throat> promising me, you know, my own custom um, guitar, but they Signature weren't being model. helpful. Oh yeah. Weren't being helpful whatsoever. Like, I got this design. he's like, well, that's not going to work because it looks like it's going to be too top-heavy. Well, then, can you sit me down with a designer that will yeah, Isn't that part of the thing? It, yeah, but they didn't help me, man. It was just like I always had to fight for stuff because I was never in that band. You know what I mean? So You've always been curious
1: band. as to how that process works, like when they're doing me signatures too, man. and, you know. Me
3: too, man. And then at one point, man, you know, it, it was just like so, so I finally just got – so I'm in Germany, man, and um, I'm frustrated with ESP. I'm in Germany, and uh, I'm in Germany, and um, the, this, this, I was introduced to this guy whose um, name was Chris Kunitz. He was the artist relations guy for the United States for Warwick. The reason why I met him was because Warwick distributes Seymour Duncan in Germany because of uh, whatever laws and whatever it, else. Right. So we were underneath that tent of Warwick. Sure. So I'm, you know, you know, I'm, I'm hanging with the guy super cool. We get along well, he's a bassist, you know, and we're just, we're, we're constantly back and forth talking, you know, throughout the day, you know, going out and taking smoke breaks together or whatever. And, um, the third, the, the, by the was just, so this is like a four day long thing. And the, on the third night, he invited me out to dinner with them, the Warburg dinner. And he's like, no, you haven't asked me to like hook you up with Warwick. I'm like, um, because Warwick has like three thousand five hundred dollar bases, and all your bassists are fucking crazy, like good. So got like, some I suck. Legit dude, you know? players. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm 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 no Stu Hamm. I'm no Victor Wooten. I'm no mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? The list goes on. It's just like, he's like, dude, I know what you do. You playing Cavalier Conspiracy? You play with George Lynch? You playing a Fireball Ministry, man? And he's like, all these bands are legit bands, dude. He's like, it's not the band size that matters here. It matters to like what you're like. You're what you idiot, are watching people. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So, so he's like, dude, so what do you say? I'm like, are you asking me to be endorsed by you guys? He's like, fuck yeah, I'm saying that. He's like, I'm going to start you off with two custom bases. Not signatures, but custom bases. And you get two custom bases. Every, uh, every two years, you get two custom bases. And anything else that you may, that you may purchase will be a 50% discount. I'm like, dude, oh my God, this is amazing. Make me custom bases, And then immediately he hooks me up with this guy and introduces me to this guy because we still have one more day there, the guy who designs the bases and stuff. And I had to work off of the designs that they had. But he was telling me, he would explain everything, what each wood was, babanga, rengue, what it did, the tone that came out of it, you know. And it made me understand it. So I'm like, oh my God, I feel like I'm pampered. Like I'm pinching myself. Like this is a dream,
1: you know. And... So they're that a German was, company, right? They're based.
3: They are a German company. Yeah, you know it's that German the, engineering, man. German engineering, bro. Very. Yeah, very man. Precise. Where's their HQ? Uh, are they uh, are they headquartered in Frankfurt or? You... uh they are actually headquartered in a town I can't even pronounce. Got <laughs> it. <All right. laughs> it's a small town, man. And actually, they flew me in one time. They do. They were doing this thing called the base camp, and this base camp was every summer in Germany. These people, like uh, students, like from. The age of eight, all the way up to the age of like, you know, 55 year old lady who wants to learn how to play bass. And they would have people like Stu Ham, Victor Wooten, Dave Ellison.
0: Wow.
1: People
3: yeah. that weren't even War- Warwick en- endorsers coming in to give bass lessons, bass classes, as like as we were going style. to school.
0: Wow. And it was a week
3: long thing, man, that they paid to, to, to go and have like, you know, Stu, I'm taking the class of Stu Ham, Victor Wooten, Dave what? Ellison, and you know what I mean? And so they asked me to come because the last day, they have graduation day, they call it. And basically, it was, this, it was a Saturday. And they would have all these bands jam, like Trujillo's band. Uh, uh, who was it? Not Infectious Grooves. Was it Infectious Grooves? I forget what, what Trujillo band it was. But Trujillo's band played. All these big bands played. I think Nick West played, the female bassist. Um, but all these bands played. And they wanted people to come out to do signings for people. So they flew me out. For that, like, like the last three days of school that's and cool. graduation, you know, like, yeah. just to do a signing for two hours on it, you know what I mean? I'm like, I get flown out to this weird little town in Germany, but they're super <laughs> cool because, like, you're staying at this weird resort because it's like a, in the middle of fucking nowhere. It's not even a city, dude. Of course, it's it like is. a yeah, village. So it's country you know? somewhere. So yeah, countryside. Problem, right? man. Yeah. So we're staying in this weird, like, you know, you know how it is, well, like this okay. weird, like almost like country club resort getaway european weird getaways (laughs) and and i like to call them hey
2: johnny i like to call them promoter provided hotels, right
3: yes that's exactly exactly what it is man so you know that place had a little bar in it but also the warwick compound it's a compound of multiple it's a big use establishment man they have the jam room the jam room would stay open every night till like 2 a.m the jam room was basically a bar and they would have oh, people come man. up and just jam, dude.
0: Uh,
1: that's all awesome. I saw
3: Victor Wooten play. And this thing only holds like maybe like 150 people, like it was intimate, man. You know, and the they're same, a bass like, company,
1: they're only big basses, right? That's all they do.
3: No, no, they, they they have a branch called Framus.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So,
3: uh, or oh, Okay. the Germans shit. call it Framus, but Fr- Framus, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Um, been, I know. Phil, Phil, X, Phil X is a big endorser of them, man, of the guitars oh, uh, it, from right. uh, Phil X from, uh, yeah the hell's he playing right now fuck I forget but either way Phil X is one of those shredder guys man Go but ahead. um yeah I mean to the point where I think actually I think Corey Taylor might have purchased one of their guitars from them wow okay so yeah so let's real quick so how'd you get the Stone Sour game that had that was a weird thing man so basically I just got done doing a Camillator conspiracy tour we we're flying home from Europe. Uh, uh, we just did the, the big day out. And uh, that was with Kanye West headlining, by the way. And wow. there's a funny story with that. Remind me to go back to that. Um, so um, I get home. I call up Blasco. Blasco's a bass player of Ozzy. Yep. And Blasco also managed, manages bands. He's got his ear yep. on the ground. He knows what's going on. Blasco, like, hey, Blasco. He's a good dude. He is a good dude, man. He's in Cryptic Slaughter, too, by the way. Right? Yeah, dude. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, dude, he <laughs> was in Cryptic Slaughter. Yep. Yeah. Um, so uh, I call up, I, I, I call up Glasgow. Um, um, I'm like, yo, do you listen, man? Max is I, I just got done with this Cavalier tour. Max is about to drop a soul album. I know he'll be out for the next year, year and a half supporting this album. You, you know of any band bands like you know, doing anything? He's like, dude, yeah, man. He's like, you didn't know this dude? Get off the phone with me right now and call Roy. Stone is looking for a bass player. And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. So I immediately get off the phone with him. I call Roy. The number you have reached is, I'm like, oh, of oh my course, God. man. I haven't called Roy in like two, three months. And yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. his phone's disconnected. Changed his number. <laughs> Changed his number. So I'm like, okay, shit, man. Yeah. Now, when I was in this band, Systematic, which is a Bay Area band, years and years ago, we did, we were like the opening act of the very first Stone Sour tour ever. And the very first night on that tour, I'm standing side stage where Jim Rootwood would be playing. Yep. I think he was stage left at the time. So I was I, I I'm not one of those dudes that creep up, man. I'm way in the back. I'm, my my back's against the wall. I don't want to be seen. I don't want to bother anybody. You know what I mean? I just want to check out their show. And all of a sudden, so Jim comes over in between a song, goes, "You." Like that. And I'm like, Me? Me? And he's like, he's like, "Yeah." He's like, "So I go up there. He's like, "What's up, man?" I'm like, "Not much, man. I'm Johnny." He's like, "I'm Jim." He's like, "You guys put on a good show tonight." Thanks for doing the tour with us. He's like, you smoke cigarettes? I said, yeah. He's like, here's a smoke. Have a smoke with me. And we just kind of hit it off. And we stayed friends, man. And over the years, you know, after that. And, you know, I'd known Josh. i had known Corey. You know what I mean? So, um, so Jim and I were Facebook friends. And his number, and I, you know, I, I never, never want to sweat anybody, you know, when I get a number. Hey, dude, what's up, man? How you doing? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's so early in my career. All I wanted to do was like, hey, dude, what's up, man? Remember me, you know, if anything, you know what I mean? But you don't do that, man. You just you just gotta play it cool, you know? You don't do that <laughs> shit, man. And besides, we were actually kinda of friendly. I didn't wanna like, you know, make it seem weird with it Keep them out away, man. Anything, yeah. yeah, man. So I so I sent him a, 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 a Facebook message. I'm like, Hey dude, I heard you guys looking for a bass player. I called Roy, but his numbers changed now. He immediately, thirty seconds later I get I get a email back. He's like, Holy shit dude. You're like, like this. He's like, you know, I'm just rope Oh, you know, yeah, and I do that. all and, you know, I'm not making fun of him. <laughs> Tim's, you know? a good, um, Tim's a, he's guy, a good dude. He's, he's a great good. dude, man. And he's like, he's like, so he's like, I just came back on here because I needed to, I'm deleting my account, but I needed to go through some, some emails that I needed the phone number from. So he caught me at the very lucky time of me only being on here for a couple minutes because I haven't been on in, 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 in months and I'm shutting down my, my page right now. Wow. I'm like, awesome. He's like, so here's the deal. Here's my number. Here's Roy's number. I'm about to leave tomorrow for, for uh, Australia with the Slipknot. Call Roy. Talk to Roy. I'm going to call Corey. I'm going to call Josh. I'm going to call Roy. As far as I'm concerned, you're, you're in. Within three days, you know, I call Roy. I'm like, yo. And Roy's like, yo, I thought you had Cavalier. I'm like, dude, but they're done. Soulfly's going on. I said, like, oh, yeah. shit. He's like, didn't know that. Awesome. He's like, okay, man, yeah, I'll talk to Josh. I'll talk to Corey. I'll talk. So everybody talks, and then three days later, Josh ran called me. Josh was, back then, he was like the business guy. Yeah, he was, yep. And um, he called me. We just talked for a good, like, hour, and I don't know, a week later, I was flying out to Iowa to shoot a video. Wow. Which was a trip to me because I'm like, these guys fly me out for a video. I didn't even jam with them. And I and I say to them, I'm like, how do you guys know I don't suck? Well, like, oh, we talk with you. We don't want to play, man. I'm like, yeah, but I could have stopped playing my bass for, like, you know, forever. You know what, <laughs> what I mean? I could have, like, you know, and you guys just have me shooting videos, like, this is our new guy. We're introducing our new guy. And I haven't even gotten in a room with you guys, man. You know? And they're like, oh, that's it's fucking fun. crazy, bro. Yeah, yeah it awesome. was definitely... It was nuts, man, so. That's, uh, I owe it to Blasco for telling me to get off the phone, and then I owe it to Jim Root. Jim Root's the actually one who, you know, even before Roy, and Roy and I are, are, you know, been tight from, like, New York City days, man. Sure, sure, sure. Dude, me and Roy are, oh, my God, dude. I can't even tell you, man. Like yeah, that rhythm section's got to be locked
2: solid, oh, bro. Right? Dude, you know, I, I, I saw be- you guys last summer,
3: and it was fucking,
0: it was great, right? So, well,
1: and Thanks, so, so, they're a radio band. I mean, versus kind of the stuff that you've done before. How different is that? Like,
3: you know, just playing. How are the different of the gigs? Well, you know what, man? It's I've always been like, I've always been a versatile player, man. You know, I've I played. So one of the gigs I was in, so in New York City, man, I played in the band Pry, which is post-hardcore. I played in Maximum Penalty, which is straight up been a
0: hardcore.
3: band. Hardcore. You know, yeah. Hardcore from the, from, from the get-go in the 80s and stuff. And I, I played in this band called Echo 3. Echo 3 was a band that, you guys remember? Warren, you being New York, there was that movie that was being made, where they had all the hardcore bands, they filmed at Z-Bar, they had all the hardcore bands, like, were, like, that did the soundtrack for it, man. It was, I forget the name of the movie. Shane Better and his dad were producing this movie. I don't
2: remember, was it kids?
3: It wasn't kids, was it? No, it wasn't kids, it was after kids. But it was, it's, it's I don't even remember. But anyways, man, this kid, Shane Better, he was a musician. His dad was in film and music. Shane was in film. Anyways, I met this kid Shane, and uh, by playing shows at Z Bar, and then wait um, with Pride, and then so meeting meeting um,
1: under the influence. Shane, what's that? Under the influence.
3: Yeah. No, it wasn't under the influence. No,
2: it wasn't. Okay, different band.
3: Jammin'. Uh, and uh, next thing you know, we got this guitarist, this drummer this amazing female singer this girl diane who used to be a bartender at z bar and we basically formed this band called echo three and we actually gained some popularity man to the point where like we got a demo deal from um tommy boy records and offers of tommy boy and what was another one that was off of atlantic i forget who it was man Um, but it was, it was cool, man. We were, we were killing it, man. On the East side, we were playing everywhere and packing out shows, man. But then all of a sudden Diane, Diane woke up and was like, um, I just turned 30. Me and Ron, she had this super hippie dreadlock, like hot smoking, growing boyfriend. And they were going to move to Woodstock and grow weed and have kids. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, Hey, I commend you. I love you for that, but uh, we got these demo deals on the table. Come on, <laughs> like, yeah. What's up, you know what I mean? right? We're About to get signed here, man. And it was like, and it was a rock band, and it was like, the, the the band actually was was being partially managed by Chip Quigley, who was the manager of that band Sugar Ray. Oh wow! So he has the rock band connections, radio connections. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So I had definitely done versatile things, man. And I'll tell you what. When we when were in Echo Three, Jimmy Williams, who is the singer for Maximum Penalty. Max Penalty, yep, yep, he used to play drums. And actually, Nausea, he was the first drummer of Nausea, the band that Roy Miorga, who so sour, was playing in. Yep, he was playing in Nausea. He got popped on some charges and had to go to Wade Jones. yeah, he went, yeah, he went for a long time. He went for like 10, three years, three four like, years, something like that. Yeah, he did. He did a bid. So he definitely did a bid, man. Um, but I'll tell you what. Jimmy oh God man! That. Go oh, that. Wow. there you
2: go look man. at that
3: shit, oh my God, what an ugly motherfucker that is, a second from the right <laughs> 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 Wow, dude, that is so long ago, man, so yeah, that Diane is a girl in the center who went and you know,
1: wonder if she's in the weed industry now good on for doing so. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> um so um but anyways with, with, with Jimmy man Jimmy's father was Skip Williams Skip Williams was a drummer for the Doc Severson band Doc Severson band was the Johnny Carson band
0: yeah yeah yep.
3: So, he's famous old jazz drummer man you walked into Jimmy's house man and you would see pictures of Jimmy with Duke Ellington
1: and yeah. Count oh, Basie oh,
3: yeah. like his like like Jimmy's Jimmy's I think uh, like a, like uh godfather was Count Basie like, I mean, like, all these – Jimmy, score, by the way, is still currently doing
2: Max and Penalty. still active in the scene. Still doing Oh, yeah. Stuff, oh, oh yeah, no, so. for sure, man.
3: Yeah. Yep. Absolutely, man. Him and Joe Affy. Yep. All right. Him and Joe Affy still still at it, man. I love it, dude.
1: We um, got it. We got it. So Jimmy. Oh, sorry.
3: Go ahead. I was going to say, so Jimmy was an amazing drummer. He was, like – and Jimmy's got an amazing voice. soulful and everything. But I will say this, man. Jimmy – is a better drummer than a singer. He's gonna hate me for saying that, but his his <laughs> backbeat soul. So Jimmy would just lay down these like old funk grooves, man, and I would just sit there and just play along with them, like not playing rock and roll, not playing metal, just playing yeah. like funk grooves, man. So I'm That's I'm cool. a I'm a versatile player, and I, and I love all music, man. Everything from James Brown all the way to Slayer. So does it. Uh... Yeah.
1: Does it make you – I mean, does it get you closer to the solid gold house and rocket cars as far as rock stardom (laughs) to to have the radio songs? Well,
3: Well, I I will say this. I will say this, man. I was able to pump a lot of money into this restaurant and keep this restaurant alive. So, you know, I don't have any, you know, gold albums on the wall. I don't have any in-ground pools. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. I still rent my house, man, at least my car.
1: Well, my, you my, decided my to become a CEO and an entrepreneur, so that may never happen now,
3: unfortunately. Cut <laughs> <laughs> right?
1: him a bitch! Damn it! Damn it! <laughs> so we got to ask about the art stuff and with Monstro. Yes. So, so um, and actually, if we could throw up a picture of it so everybody knows what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> not only is it cool as fuck, I got to know the first thing that popped in my head is like, what is the Disney relation, and what has happened on the Disney side? Did they ever come after you for any of that shit? Yeah, so tell, I mean, tell
3: the story behind how you yeah, got here. Yeah, yeah, idea, right? yeah. Okay, where did so, this all come so, from? So first of all, if you can have your producer actually go on my Instagram page and scroll further down, there's actual physical dolls that I've made. If you can pop oh, one of those guys, one. One. He'll pop, he'll pop yeah, yeah up we right got now. one. Yeah, we'll pop it up right now. So, so basically, when I was living in LA, you know, you know, you can rent apartments and stuff, right? But like in buffalo you don't you don't rent houses but in la you can rent houses and we would always rent houses and it had a garage so there you go that's the actual very first one that i've ever there eaten. you go look at that so basically what i did was i took a mickey mouse doll i cut the face out i put a skull in i put a glass eye in i put the nose back on that's a real meat cleaver i put in and, and, and you know <laughs> to have that like It it takes a lot of, like... It's so fucking
2: badass, dude. Well, hold on. So, are you a Disney fan? I'm a a Disney fan. Are you a Disney
3: guy or no? I'm a Disney fan, but I'm not a Disney fanatic. You know what I mean? Fair enough. I just, you know, I just wanted to put a twist. I do all sorts of other dark art, man, where I would do shadow boxes and just do, like, like, there's this one time that Christy, like, so Christy got me a job when I was in L.A. She picked me up and dusted me off in L.A. when I was staying on your L's floor for, like, seven months when I was in my ruin um, and just couldn't have, didn't have a job, couldn't find a job. I'm coming from New York City where I'm managing bars. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna be able to at least get a job tenant. But sure, they wanted, sure. I hate to say it, the females with the big boobs and the big ass behind the bar. LA, bro. So LA. It's LA, man, it's Sunset Strip. You're going to the wrong place, man. You gotta go to Echo Park, some dive bar where it's like, you know what I mean? But I, I, I oh, couldn't find a job. Yeah, exactly, man. So she, so I met her through Yael. You know Yael, the drummer? Yeah. Roy's good friend. She grew up in Queens as well. Yeah. So, um, so she introduced me and Christy. And the first night, we, like, hit it off, man. And then we just started dating. And then she finally – she was working uh, – she had managed at Viper Room. And yeah. she had, like, been promoting at Viper Room. And she introduced me to, to the general manager. And I gave him my, gave my resume. And then he called me in. And he's like, hey, listen, man. I know you've managed in New York City. You've managed in Buffalo. But I'll tell you what male that you see bartending upstairs came in bar back so if you want to work here you got to be a bar back you got to start out as a bar back i'm like you know what man i'm so fucking broke yes man i'll take anything within like job? three weeks i was like man
1: what's that i said you've done that job yeah, yeah you did, No, no, no for sure. Yeah.
3: i'm like i don't care man you know i've been bartending for years managing for years i'll still who cares man I, i've I've got, I've got you know I'm, I'm not like too cool screw that man i need a job so basically, um, I, within like, I don't want to say three weeks, maybe it's four or five weeks, GM calls me up and he's like, hey, man, um, just so you know, the, uh, the, the, the manager, I don't want to say his name because he's a really cool cat and I love him to death, man. The manager left the alarm off or whatever and a bunch of glow on the table and it <laughs> wasn't locked. So I'm, I'm knocking him down and prove yourself to me. He's like, you can. I'll give you 150 bucks a day, uh, 150 bucks a night to manage, and you bartend and make tips, dude. I was making hand over fist, man. I was making was like a spot too, man. Spot, oh yeah, man. dude. That's pulling down 500 dollars a night, working five nights a week, man. You know, as okay. like I was psyched, man. In LA, that's good money, man, because LA is oh, expensive. Yeah. So where was I going with this, man?
1: The fucking art. The uh, oh yeah, the, the, yeah yeah.
3: So, so anyways, <laughs> I don't know how I, I got off on a twist there. Sorry, man. I apologize. <laughs> We're I, the I ones smoking. Really. It's all, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stuff, dude, it's all good. A little, little bit of a runoff. My, no, my no, fault. it's good. I, but we caught it. We caught it. We caught it. are bringing it back in. So anyways, so, you know, in LA, you, you rent houses. They would have garages. And I would do all these artworks. Oh, so, oh, oh, oh. The
1: I shadow boxes and shit. Yeah, yeah. Yes, all right. the shadow box.
3: So anyways, Christy put on a, a show that night because she was a, she was one of the promoters there. she put on a show that night when I was managing and the show was a flop and she was so bummed out she was crying so, like on the way home she's like oh my god lost money like bringing my rank down is being able to you know I've been putting on such great shows and I had super doozy and it was Christmas time and we had one of so I was living with her at the time too, as well, because we had moved in together and w- we had uh one of those blow up snowmen, you know what I mean? That that blow up and yeah, light up, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, Give me your knife because I always carry a knife. I'm she's like, give me your knife. She takes the knife and she just gets out of the car out of, the, out of our old school Bronco, by the way. And I love that. Yeah, I miss yeah. that. Bad I, miss school that bad
1: Bronco. I drive an 85k5 oh. blazer.
3: Nice, dude. Yeah. We had, I think it was a uh, 86 Bronco. Yeah. Guys. Dude, those yeah. things could turn a 360 on a city street. Like, the turn radius I, was incredible. I love them, man. They're slow as balls, but they're fucking great. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Um, But anyway, she's like, give me your knife. And she gets out of the truck, and she just goes up and starts stabbing the shit out of the snowman, man. <laughs> and beat the shit out of the snowman. So that was, like, one of the first pieces that I really, like... Like really influenced me to move forward i would always do things but not really pursue it and then that shot me into like constantly doing stuff and it's actually it's you can find it it's in a little glass box the snowman with a with a knife in his chest it's on my instagram page that the producer could pull it up so i started doing the like like shadow boxes and stuff like that and then i got yeah. in this whole kick where i was buying these these mickey mouse dolls on ebay and and i was doing those so One of them is, was one, so I started doing a series of them. One of them was a meat cleaver, that first one that he showed. One of them had a Swiss blade. The other one had a gas mask on with a hand grenade in one hand and the, and the pin from the other hand grenade in the other hand. And then we moved, we moved out of LA and we moved to Buffalo. Of course, like I, I hook up my, my buddy Wayne had a few houses and we moved into this house. And of course the house that we moved into was the only house on the block that did not have a garage so there goes my like like art studio sure and i'm like oh this is a bummer man i can't be like like my kid was like dude, at the time i think it was like four five six years old can't be having knives and, and meat cleavers and all this crazy <laughs> yeah, dirt, yeah, yeah. You know, razor blades like the barber razors like laying around the the room so basically um i i, I started i took a photo of that that mickey skull that, that that piece that that was just shown there and i didn't know how to do Photoshop, but I was trying, man. I was trying, like spending six, eight hours and not getting what I wanted. Finally, call up my friend Ann Olson, and I'm like, "Girl, I know you know Photoshop, man. Can you help me out? I'm just like lost here." She's like, "Listen, it's it's, it's a learning curve. Once you hit that curve, you're flying with it, but you haven't hit that curve yet, obviously." You're all the Adobe
1: shit. It's a fucking yeah. yeah the, the curves are a pain in the ass with those problems. Yeah,
3: dude, it sucks, man. So, but she's she's a wizard. That Illustrator, all that shit. <coughs> so I go over to her house and she starts doing stuff i like i want this and i want that and i like to twist it like this and twist it like that and then we came up with that image that you put up there which is the skull basically we started out with just a skull and we came up with that image and um just the skull with the ears yeah just a skull with the ears the one that i have like t-shirts for and stuff like that um and then i started we started adding in stuff like you know the meat cleaver, because that was like I wanted the meat cleaver to be a part of it because that was like the first original piece that I did. And then I've got other various ones where he's holding balloons, a red, yellow, and, and, and blue yeah, yeah. balloons <laughs> and a meat cleaver. Yep, yep and the meat cleaver on the other hand. What I'm what I was trying to do with that is show like the happiest place on earth is not the happiest place on earth. It's actually a dark place. And it's like it's it's very, you know, they, they have their own jail. There's a whole underground to it. There's a whole <laughs> other side of Disney that people just see the, oh my God, look at it's goofy it's Donald, it's <laughs> okay.
2: All the little references in the movies, right? Yes. All the, every movie is a tragedy, right? yeah right exactly. Away, boom, the mom gets shot. Like, first two minutes of the movie, right. boom, right? <laughs> like Those crazy. The same shit, boom, parents died. fucking first two minutes of yep. the movie,
3: what? So I wanted to bring that out in, in this art that I was doing with the actual, like, paper art or flat art, you know, not the three-dimensional pieces. But I actually, you know, to, to get back to like if, if Disney were to ever, like, you know, kind of well, yeah, get weird. Yeah, because
1: that's the first thing that pops to head, right? Is that like yeah, obviously it's go. a that's, play on, on Disney trademark stole. stuff.
3: Right. Fuck yeah. So, so like, oh, there you go. Oh, look no, at that. that is, look at the meat cleaver. Look at that. That piece right there is the one that inspired me to like really, like, like when people started seeing that, because we'd have parties at my house all the time. They're like yo, this is such a Joe Bar piece, man. Mm-hmm. Who did this? And I'm like me. Like why don't you do more? <laughs> you know, I, actually, I, I've sold uh, pieces to um, um, oh god, uh, uh, what's his face from Backstreet Boys? Um, holy shit, I'm totally losing his name right now. I can't believe it. I sold a piece to this dude. I got a story behind Come it. Come on,
2: Dave. You know every Backstreet Boy, Dave. Name all the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> <laughs> Justin um, Timberlake
1: that's nope. not even a backstreet boy man no he's not <laughs> yeah I know he's an sync
2: guy no I'm kidding
1: there's the blonde sick, one yeah. and there's the one with the mustache and kind of weird goatee oh, AJ. AJ, AJ 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 that's what AJ.
3: Okay. AJ AJ. yes he's, he's, he's there a, you go he's yeah. a bad boy he's oh, a bad boy. bad boy yeah okay right. so, wait now did anyways. it get
1: commissioned or did he pick it up and
3: approach you because he had seen it somewhere AJ so McLean talks- so he saw it somewhere. He saw it. So there's this girl, Cody Verona, who used to own this uh, clothing shop in Hollywood called on Melrose, called uh, Forgotten Saints. And her and Christy were good friends. They uh, were So basically, um, he was in there shopping for some clothes, and he's like, "Oh shit, that piece is a badass piece right there." Fuck uh, yeah, that's is that for sale. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking. And, dope. and she's like, "Yeah, that's for sale." She calls me up. She's like, "Johnny, you know this AJ's in here, and he wants to buy your piece. How much do I sell it for?" I'm like I don't know. I just just putting cool. You were just like having cool stuff up in your. I don't know.
1: Fifty seven, fucking grand.
0: <laughs>
3: seven hundred. What like, are your no, backstreet no, boy records? What's up? She's like, no, 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 no. no. We're we're doing at least twelve hundred to fifteen hundred.
0: I'm yeah. like, all right, It's yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. And he's and he he took he he bought it, man. Damn. So so check this out, dude. I'm doing a cavalier cavalier conspiracy tour like a year or so later, and I fly in. We all fly into Paris now we're all flying in from different areas a lot of the lot of the cavalier camp is from arizona
0: Arizona.
3: the arizona area i was in la kenny was in la so we fly in at all different times so you're kicking off in paris florida yeah and so we all fly in the night before the next morning at 7 a.m bus is picking us up so when i'm walking in i'm checking in the hotel I see this guy. He's, you can tell he's an American. by He's on the phone. He's speaking. But he's got black fingernails. He's got chunky jewelry, tattoos all over. I'm like, who the fuck is this man? He looks familiar, man. Who the fuck is this guy? He looks really familiar. Next morning, we're all loading up on the bus. Bus is picking us up. And the guy's out there waving down, trying to get a fly, uh, waving down a cab or something. And he's standing there. I'm like, and I go up to him. Hey, dude, you, know, you look really familiar to me. How do I... Where do I know you from, man? And he's like, man, he's like, I'm AJ. I'm one of the Backstreet Boys. Like he said it like he was (laughs) bummed out. Um, (laughs) Oh, shit. No, that's not why I know you. I know you because you bought my art piece from Forgotten Saints. He's like, what? I'm like, that art piece with the skull, the straight razor, and the shadow box. He's like, no, wait, you did that? i'm johnny chow he's like oh shit you're johnny chow and it was just like a weird thing man Wow. wow. And his that's was fucking there, glorious calling me so come insane. on we gotta go and it was just like we almost exchanged numbers and, and it was just like if oh, you dude. want more of my artwork man go see cody and then we never talked again wow but it so, was kind of cool though.
2: well so then
3: novella right that's
2: his name what's his name aj uh whatever McClain. Name, a. J. A. J. A. J. mclean aj mclean yeah AJ McLean, if you're watching this
3: by any chance get in touch <laughs> with tiny <Johnny> town <Chow>, bro <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so but anyways you know the whole mickey thing where you know it, it came from just like you know it's not the happiest place on earth you know well, what i mean so, and, and so any
1: uh, flack on the disney side like was no, there any
3: no flack on that because first of all um, it's public domain after 70 years and right. it's been well over 70 years and also, if you change well, this, up to 20% of an actual image, you don't, you can actually do that without them, the, the, uh, the artist coming after you for copyright well, infringement.
2: Once you so, tell the story, you also had a run-in with a Disney employee. Yeah, so,
3: so I'm at, I'm, I'm, I'm at this, uh, I'm doing an art show with, uh, yeah, that's the actual picture. That's the very first image that I did with it, that, that's the actual picture of that little dude holding the holding meat cleaver.
1: And that's just tweaked um, out in Photoshop?
3: Exactly. Just tweaked out in Photoshop. Wow. Um, so I'm doing this art show at a friend of ours. His girlfriend had the salon, and she's putting on this art show. It's just me and this other guy. This other guy was doing skateboard. Um, paint, he's painted on skateboards. And like so I had a few of these different shadow boxes. I had my first Mickey, that one with the meat cleaver. And there's this guy, older guy, that's there. And he's sitting there looking at it. And he's like, man, he's just like looking at it. So I, I approach somebody who's looking at my artwork because I want to know what they're thinking. And I'm like, hey, what do you think, man? I'm Johnny, I'm the artist. And he's like, man, I like it a lot. This is really cool. And, and I don't know how it came about. I'm like, it, and, and he's like, you know, something along the lines of Disney. And it was the kids who, was, who I was showing with, who did painted the skateboard, just his father. And as it turns out, he brings up, he's like, well, I'm I'm the the principal um or dean or the president of of Disney's art school. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, nice. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Don't worry, man. See that. Like, no, don't worry, man. He's like, don't don't worry about it. Cause like the, the, the art school is like if you become, if you get hired on as a Disney artist, you have to go to school for two years. To learn how to create, recreate how they want that image recreated. Wow. And he's just like, dude, he's like, dude, don't worry about me, man. He's like, the best thing about this, if they were to ever come after you, man. It's, you know how much this piece would be worth? Yeah, he's that's like, true too, man. It's yeah, well, like, Disney so, attention to you, bro. Like, like, you throw a season like. on you, all of a sudden, that shit's going to go <laughs> right up through the window. He's like, I love it. And I love the dark side of it. He's like, keep doing it. Keep doing it, man. And then eventually when I got to Buffalo, um, like I was telling you, I couldn't make these pieces anymore. So I had to make imagery that was a flat two-dimensional imagery of, of pictures. And, um, I actually went and got a copyright because I had changed so much of it. The whole face of it. Wow. All right. years, you know what I mean? Um, and basically, uh, so I got a copy and then I started doing some wheat paste posters around Buffalo, man, just started putting up the street art was just starting to boom in Buffalo. And I started putting up, I remember man, when I first came here, I was like, like Oh God, this guy's a rebel. There was this like whole graffiti street art, um, uh, showing at this warehouse. And I was I just found it. I was just looking through the um, through um, and I'm looking through it and I see that this is art shows graffiti and all this other stuff and street art. I'm like, oh shit, I'm like two weeks back in Buffalo man. I don't know who this hip scene is that's going on yeah, in Buffalo. Yeah, sure. I love Buffalo is a bunch of hat backwards, Bud Light drinking, go Bills, pure belly you know what I mean? Sure. There was no <laughs> hip cool art scene like that. You know what I mean? There was a hardcore scene there's was a little bit of a music scene, but it wasn't a cool like like art scene in there yet. So anyways, so I, I wind up like calling the place, and I'm like, hey, man, like, is this going to be going on, or is this like a one-night thing, or just a constant thing? It's like, oh, no, it's just a one-night thing. The art will be up. You can come and check it out over the next week. Um, I said, well, and I had my kid, because my lady got a job right away. I got my lady a job through a friend of mine uh, working at a restaurant with, uh, that, that he owned. And I had my boy. My boy was like, four four or five years old at the time. So I'm like, fuck. Can I bring my kid? He's like, how old is he? Four or five? He's like, well, I guess so. So I bring Jackson. I bring some posters. I bring a bucket, and I bring a roller and a brush. And I roll in there, dude, and I just start slapping shit up. I just start slapping shit up, dude, on the wall, putting my Mickey skull here, putting a different image of my Mickey skull with the full blade and everything (laughs) over here. And I got my kid with me, and he's helping me. Going, Joey Jackson, hand me the poster now. Okay, hand me that glue brush. You know, and people were just starting to snap shots like crazy, taking pictures of us, <laughs> like like us doing this. And the next thing you know, in this in this like this weekly like the 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 art voice, like they just started like the big article. I was that's oh, awesome, man. And they're like, Yo, this new artist. Who is this dude? Nobody who knew who I was. Nobody like they're like, who is this dude? Oh my god, this is the new most prolific artist in Buffalo. He just pulled up the art show and just it up. and he had his kid with him. That's awesome, awesome, man. I didn't mean it to be that way. I just wanted to like be heard too, man. And I just figured that was a way to be heard, where I could have all eyes on me at once, so to say, instead of just having a piece in town that might have gone unseen but by you know it's it's like when, when I'm touring. So you're out in the sheds, you know? When you oh guys yeah. are out in the sheds when we're touring, you're in the middle of nowhere. Oh there's a wall right there. I can go Outside put a piece of town, up. Bro. You know you're, who's gonna yeah. see that? You know who's gonna see that is me, you and you. <laughs> you know what I mean? The bands backstage. That's yeah. it. It falls on on on, 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 on closed <laughs> eyes, so to say. You know so I, if I were to go, I didn't know what part of town to go to yet, man, because Buffalo was changing. Buffalo was starting to be up and coming. It was a different scene, man, than what I left. There were actually people who thought outside the box. Were actually, sure. I,
0: need,
3: I need to get with these like-minded, like-minded people, man. And I just wanted to, like, say, hey, I'm here. And that's why I did that, by putting up pieces. And so from, from there, when I would go on tour, yeah, right there, that one, yo, you know what? Can I show – I gotta show you motherfuckers something. This is great. Look it up. That piece right there in particular, that exact piece is right here. This is outside of my restaurant. Oh, Oh, look at that, dude. Oh, yeah. Yo, it's it's still up here. So many years later. Right across, that's fucking crazy. And, And how crazy is it, man, fucking nine years later I'm you, next your door.
2: Places
3: right there, yeah. Right?
1: That's fake, Isn't that
3: crazy, man? man. That's awesome. But I appreciate it. But you know what's weird, man? It's like, you know, so when I'm a Cavalier, Conspiracy, man, it's like the Wild West, West with that band, man. They do things, they they, they do things their own way. And I like that about them, man. You know, they they tour their own way. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. About. They do they do things on their yeah. own terms, man. It's great. You know, yeah, they're on bands, their own not terms. a lot
2: of bands can do that, right? So.
3: No, exactly, man. You either deal with us or you don't, That's it. and then you don't get us, (laughs) you know, and and so, you know, Gloria was very much supportive of the arts, you know, people say whatever they say about her. She's always been good to me, man, always taking care of me and always supported me and my artwork. And so I told her, I'm like, hey, glow, just so you know, I'm bringing out posters. I got this extension pole, dude. My suitcase, my luggage bag, I should say, wasn't more like a duffel bag on wheels, you know, the O.G.Os, and I would have brushes, rollers, <laughs> yeah. extension poles, posters, and just a few few items for actually clothes. And I would go out and I would put posters up everywhere, and whatever city I was in, you know, after That's we played the show. Cool. During the day before sound check, I go walking around Milan. I go walking around Frankfurt. I go oh, walking awesome. around Berlin. I find out yeah. where I can find, you know, where am I going after the show? Because you know how it is, man. You get done with the show. It's like 11 o'clock midnight. Bus calls not till 3 o'clock in the morning. Yep. So, yep. you know, yeah. what am I going to do? So I dip out. So the first night I went out with Stone Sour. The very first tour. I didn't even tell anybody about this, man. It was us and Papa Roach. We're in Europe, man. We're in France, actually. And um, we're in Paris and was it the Boticlon? It might've been the Boticlon man. Wow. I'm not even, I think it might've been. Um, so basically what happened was I, we play the show, it was us and Popper Roach doing a co-headline. All the bands are together, hanging out in the hallway. Everybody's having a cocktail or not, you know, for some people that they aren't drinking and stuff, or they're just hanging out, you know, you know how it, you know how it goes, man, yeah. in the common areas, not in their own dressing yep. rooms. And out I walk from the dressing room with a bucket of glue, <laughs> a thing of posters brushes and rollers and everybody it just gets kind of silent I just walk in the middle of the hallway and I come back and they're like like an hour later and everybody's still there and I come back and I got no posters and, and they're like where the fuck did you go I'm like oh, I went out and put a couple posters up what do you mean a couple posters are you pushing a hardcore show or something I'm like no I, my artwork they're like what and then everywhere, like, and they're like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "Well, this is what I do," and I like showed them my phone and I showed them all the pictures, and they're like, "Wow!" Every, the whole place erupted. Everybody's, like, oh, <laughs> they so fucking amazing, man!" And everybody was super supportive because I didn't know. I was like new in Stone Sour. I didn't know how they feel about that. No, i Man, service. dude, yeah, you're floor. gonna be
2: supportive of shit like that. That's but, fucking
3: badass, man. You know what I mean? Well, so well, thanks, man. But I mean, you know, I just. I didn't know, man. If they'd be like, "Yo, man, you're in a fucking foreign country and you're doing something that's like sure, not sure. necessarily legal," yeah, a little shade of night and doing yeah, some but that, crazy. That, you, yeah, that yeah. Goes
2: to show you how much more balls you have. Like, yeah, fuck yeah, bro. Like, <laughs> I don't care
3: about all that, I'm
2: just gonna put my shit up, dude. Like, you know.
3: I'll tell you what. I did have a scary minute in Milan when I was there. I went out earlier. I found this park that was wide open. Uh, like, it was a gated park, but the doors were, you know, in New York City with the. But the but the gates were open. And um when I went out that night, the the gates were all locked up. I'm like, oh man, dude, there's so many pieces up there. It's gonna fit in so well. So many graffiti pieces, so many like wheat paste pieces. And I found this like crank in this in the in the gate where it was enough that me I could just barely fit my fat ass through the fucking gate. I got through there and I start doing my piece. And in the middle of it, because you got to be quick with it, man, because Fuck it can yes. start to fall if you don't... If the paper can start to roll off, if you don't start getting it all up there, like, like glued over. Yes. All of a sudden, cop car comes and stops. And I'm like, oh, shit, I quickly duck down. I hide. I lay flat. I'm, like, waiting there. And I can see just through the bushes the cop car's still there. And it, it was, like, a 25-minute standoff that felt like two hours, dude. <laughs>
1: Did <laughs> we it start to peel oh, yeah. or anything off the top? Yeah. Like, so that you were just oh, sitting there yeah. watching yeah. it being like, ah, oh, motherfucker. i like, oh, oh, they're totally going to see exactly. it. And they're going to know I'm sitting
3: right here. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, no, it started to come down a little bit. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, their lights lit up. And I'm like, Shh. heart attack happens. But they peel out of there. Like, they got a call for something. They got a call, yeah. I put the rest of it up, and I got out. And I'm like, OK. Nice. Hey, maybe this isn't a good idea. Maybe this isn't a good idea.
1: <laughs> we got a show. We got to do a show tomorrow. I know,
2: Oh, man. Uh, yeah, snow sound canceled the uh, last week of the last. Uh, yeah, we lost because, our bass uh, player. Bass player was vandalism.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, that have been That's pretty awesome. bad. All right, wow. well we've taken up pretty much two hours of your time. We got one other uh, quick one for you because Warren and I were ranting uh, extensively before you jumped on. Uh, so in in the uh, epic battle of. Uh, Daniel LaRusso and Johnny Laurent in the Karate Kid. Uh, you know, uh, which side do you take? Was Johnny the good guy or was he the bully and a bad guy all the way through?
3: Man, I, I got to say, I got to say Daniel was the good guy, man. Johnny, <laughs> Johnny was machismo. Check me out. Like, I'm going to punk you in front of people to better myself. I know Ralph Macchio's character, Daniel – definitely was the first hit or the first one to, like, get crazy with stuff. But I think that was out of frustration of being picked on.
0: And not for <laughs> nothing, man,
3: can I just say, that's when bully goes wrong. You know what I'm saying? When a kid Damn. gets bullied verbally, you know, out front, he snaps, and that bully who was verbally abusing him or bullying him gets his teeth knocked in. It's like, well. I
2: mean, look, okay. John, John, check this out, John. I mean, it's a classic kid of the hard-ass, real dudes from the East Coast that goes and checks the dudes, the soft-ass dudes in Cali, right? This is where it's at. This is what it's really coming down to. Growing up in California, bro, come on. Look at those schools.
1: All that's you New you York, York East Coast, Coast dudes got your kid from Jersey's back. That's what it comes <laughs> down to. My
2: high school, that's why I went to school. She said it looks like a prison, okay? All right? So, bro, yeah. that's a big difference between oh, an East Coast man. dude and a West Coast dude. All right. I agree, uh, man.
3: I agree, man. I got to say, I kind of agree with Warren on that, man. That's,
1: it's turning into straight up. You guys always got the Jersey kids back. It's so unfortunate. It's it so is, unfortunate. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> oh man well we really appreciate you coming on the show dude like yeah, this dude, was man, fucking man. awesome seriously fucking, it's awesome dude, you
2: got some
3: great stories thank you so much for giving up your, you know your time no man stuff. man i really appreciate you guys thank you guys for yeah, having me on that. man dude
1: stoked yeah, that the sh- stoked that the restaurant's back open um yeah nice. so if,
2: look listen anyone if you want to go support um mr Chow's, go to the either if you're in the buffalo area go eat there go get a drink there you know go do your thing there um if if not, then, then you know go check out his GoFundMe and, and and you know give 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 uh give some money to a you know a genuine small well, business that's trying to get by,
3: right? So and I know and and, and we are a genuinely small business. If and you I know, do go to masudachows.com, M-I-S-U-T-A-C-H-O-W-S.com. You can you can get a link for the GoFundMe, or you can get a link for our merch for the Masuda Chows merch or my Chow Monstro Mickey Skull, the the, the newest. One I've done is hot pink on a black shirt and that's all available at uh, on the website. Um, so yes, you're, 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 you're paying for a product, but you're getting a product, but you're also that money goes back into this restaurant. It doesn't go into my pocket because, uh, you know, I'll scrape by and do what I have to do to scrape by myself personally, but I just need to see this restaurant succeed. This is for my family. This is for the 30 plus people that we employ, you know, um, yeah. this this is for, you know, small business. Yeah, man. That's cool. awesome. Cool. Good ass, man. Well oh. done, man. Well, dude, thank well you, done. you so much, man, for doing it. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it, man. You guys are the best, man. Oh,
2: right yeah, on. dude. Johnny, I'll, right I'll right get you
3: up uh, in like
2: a week or two. I'll be in touch with
3: you. Right side, Sounds yeah. great, man. Warren, dude, love good you. Good man. catching up to you, bro. Yeah, yeah man. Cool. man. Fuck yeah. I love you, bro. Thanks, brother. For, for sure. Love you guys, we'll talk man. soon, all right? Thanks so much, man. Peace, y'all. Take care. Fucking awesome.
2: Bro, he had uh, some, like, that was some great insight, right? Like, I mean, and it was crazy that Dude, just, dude, he just, like, literally does shit by ear. That's crazy. No classical training, no nothing. Look at him. rocking out. Look at him. Proud of that guy, man. I'm really happy when he, when he, when he got that, you know, he got the gig for Stone Side. He deserved it, right? You know what I mean? He was a put it to paid his dues you put it's a cool in, fucking I mean? story
1: yeah like i mean he's just been playing forever like oh, rolls yeah, into dude. it kind of falls into it based on just working and working and working and knowing the right people and being well, a you, good it, person you kind of look
2: at it like all, all the stuff it was like it's fake you know what i mean even the art stuff he of fell into it right like you know that whole story with him with the kid with his kid putting the stuff up to meeting a disney guy well, like, he's
1: doing stuff for the right reasons right he's uh you know, I mean, he's taking care of people. He's doing it because he's passionate about it. Yeah. He's, you he's know, a doing it because you know he loves, so. loves doing it and he's really good at what he does. Like, it's, yeah. you know, it's cool, man. That, well, and a cool, lot man. of people don't get the entrepreneurship, dude. I mean, <clears throat> guaranteed it, with everything that he's been through. Well, wow. you know, you know all about Dude, the entrepreneur I, stuff. I, I, I promise you, he cries in the shower in the morning with his head in his hands. Just like all <laughs> solid entrepreneurs and CEOs <laughs> do.
2: <laughs> first thing in the first 10 minutes of your shower, of your day, like, uh, in the
1: shower, uh,
2: weeping. What was I uh, thinking? <laughs> on tour, you used, to do it. Dude, you used to do it in your bunk on tour, right?
1: Just saying the same thing. What was I thinking?
2: <laughs> because on tour, bro, how long is your shower? Maybe eight minutes, right? There's not enough time to weep.
1: Well, you should, and it's at the end of the night, right? Like, you're all pumped up and stuff. Like, you know, you getting ready to go get drunk. I mean, it's a totally different thing in the well, morning. You're going to get
2: ready to get drunk, yeah, not yeah, me, Yeah, bro. yeah that,
1: that was my nightly yeah. evening. You got drunk a couple times.
2: Yeah, like a handful, whatever, bro.
1: It was fun. You know it was fun. Oh yeah, no, it
2: was fun. It was great. But dude, I no, can drinking in, like in
1: that. the morning, in the morning it was it's different, right? Because I'm all I haven't taken well, yo, my morning bog I hits. Started, I don't have any remember? coffee in me. Like you remember I'm the just sitting there, like and the, the, the pains of the day and the last week or all the horrible decisions you're making, all rinsing away. <laughs> what, do you remember <laughs> <laughs> That's why episode three was a good one? This was fucking great. And you know who we got next? You know who we got next?
2: Hey, oh, we're gotta, not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about that. Are you sure? Yeah, no, we're not going to talk about that. All right. Not you know you who know, else? Well, our producer will get very mad at us if we mention the episode, next guest on this show.
1: Our episode six guest just texted me back, too. And what'd he say? I haven't seen it yet. You want me to see? Let's see. Yeah, Let's go, see go see a, look at
2: it. See what he says, bro.
1: Yeah, he's down. Right. <laughs> That'll be a good one. Killer. <laughs> we want to uh, thank our sponsors, Chiba Chews, Pitchfork, New York. Yeah, like you're representing. Uh, Lee Botanicals and Whole Pet CBD. Yeah, We've actually been running a BOGO special on the Whole Pet, Whole Pet CBD treats. Started oh, yeah? Sh- well, once well, so
2: you, you get out the uh, website, what's the website for this Whole Pet CBD? Bro?
1: WholePetCBD.com.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, see? Grab the right domain. Follow the Instagram uh, as well. We're starting to make a little uh, – a uh, little 10 pack unit, too. There's a company that's starting to do vending machines. They apparently just got funding. There's gonna be like 200 CBD oh, yeah, you vending machines this. and yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah so yeah, we're sticking them in there. This. They wanted like a small pack of the treats, and you know, it's cool. It's honestly probably the best way to sell CBD. Like, nobody buys that shit in a dispensary, and then you got all this hokey crap out there. Like, I mean,
2: all the CBD in New York City is sold in bodegas.
1: Yeah, which is all fucking hokey ass <laughs> shit. That's Bo what I'm saying. Davis, it makes me embarrassed. Corner man. stores it's embarrassing. And bodegas. Having bro. helped start like what then became this, listen, it's embarrassing. That's
2: the thing that if anyone that knew about, like studied New York would understand that the first people are going to sell this stuff, as soon as you make it legal, are going to be bodegas and corner stores, right? It's
1: always weird, right? That's like, where you get it? your
2: Philly blunts. That's where it's you get weird your rolling papers, right? You know it's what, it's what I mean? Such a weird Let's. This is the, the, the finishing story to lead off into next- the next episode, our next guest, Give hired it. me as a, as a tech, okay? And oh, he had two oh. stipulations. He had two stipulations for me going to work for him. So one, of was, for. one of those stipulations is, was uh, not to leave him high and dry. Like if I was going to leave to make sure he had another guy lined up, not to just quit in the middle of the tour, you know what I mean? And the second stipulation was I wasn't allowed to punch anyone in the face. <laughs> so He knew. He knew. Hell yeah, no. It was a good fucking right.
1: episode. So, thanks for Go so check everybody. it out.
2: Thanks for uh, yeah. Thanks for watching, listening, doing whatever you're doing, and uh, S- subscribe and
1: uh, and like, like press all that the button, shit. whatever
2: you got to yeah, do, yeah. so we can keep this going. Two, two guys that just randomly doing a podcast
0: together. Still a questionable idea.
2: Still a questionable idea.